You know, having sensitive skin makes finding skincare products so difficult. It is. But today's sponsor, OneSkin, makes it easy. Their topical supplements are formulated with soothing ingredients and natural antioxidants. And they're gentle enough to use every day, even if you have sensitive skin. And it was founded by an all-female team of scientists. OneSkin's products are backed by extensive lab and clinical data to validate their efficacy and safety on all skin types. Their topical supplements are the easiest way to keep your skin healthy and hydrated without all the harsh ingredients or irritation found in other skincare products. In a third-party 12-week clinical study performed by third-party research organization OS01 Face was clinically proven to strengthen the skin barrier, improve skin health markers, and diminish visible signs of aging. Like wrinkles were diminished in 87% of users. One Skin is the world's first skin longevity company by focusing on the cellular aspects of aging one skin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer get started today with 15 percent off using code tco at oneskin.co that's 15 percent off oneskin.co with code tco after your purchase they'll ask you where you heard about them please support the show and tell them we sent you I don't know. And I start telling Kelly, I was like, Kelly, I think this could be pretty cool. I think I might really like it. And it would give me something, a way to work out like at weird hours and not feel like I'm running around town, people seeing me and everything, you know, it could meet my schedule and the whole thing. So Kelly and I go on a weekend trip to Dallas and we stay at some hotel and it was like a pretty nice hotel. And I went down to work out and it was really cold. And I was like, okay, I'm not going to run outside. I'm just going to go run on a treadmill. And I go down and they had a Peloton. Oh yeah. (laughs) And I was like, okay, I think I'm going to give this a shot. It's more than just your output, more than a bike. When you hear your shout out, you know it's all right. Put on your magic pants and let's go. We're cruising into the power zone. Clip in, set yourself free. Come on and take a ride with me. You know what you need to know and what's it all about. Everything you need, it's on the clip out. Welcome to the Clip Out Podcast. This is Crystal O'Keefe. And this is Tom O'Keefe. It's episode 255, Sorry, by the way. I jumped it. Did I Yeah, jump? you jumped right on top. Well, Boom. No, I didn't. I said it out of order. Yeah, you said it out of order. But Don't. I paused. I was going to say it, and you jumped in there. Well, because you said it out of order. I thought you were done. Well, I wasn't. Okay. Well, <laughs> I'm not the first man to think a woman was done when she wasn't. <laughs> Nor will you be the, the last. No, I have a cure for it. <laughs> I'll be the last. Wait, no. What is happening? I don't know. Welcome back from New York. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's different here in Missouri. Yes, it is. Yeah, I uh, we had fun though. It was a good time. We did. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was so good to see so many Peloton people, uh, and it was so good to celebrate Howie's birthday. How sweet yes, was that? Absolutely. Ah, good people. Good people. Mm. And then you got to see Ross Rayburn and his puppy. His doggy. Yeah. Hattie. And then I almost got arrested. (laughs) (laughs) At TSA. I was like, wait, which time? Oh, yeah. Which time? (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> well, I thought you were talking about when we saw Ross. I was like, no, no you didn't. I what did, did not you? almost get arrested in Central Park. Like, I don't remember you doing no. anything TSA, there. TSA. Yeah, they, yeah. At the airport, you all, were out of control. It all went to shit. God, it did. It, they my pre-check number stopped attaching to my name because I my I have so much trouble when I travel because between. <laughs> The apostrophe and I'm a junior. <laughs> so between those two things, I can never get my name to match exactly. Yeah, but for whatever reason, it was fine on the way there, I, and then it, it worked, wasn't on the way yeah, back. It worked on the way there, the, but the on the way back, it didn't. The, and, the airport security's theory was that it, you had been randomly selected. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. It sounds like BS, but I agree. <laughs> and and, and yeah, cause, but like, and then the American Airlines was like, "Well, this is your fault," and I'm like, "But you got me here, and it worked." <laughs> then so oh my god and and then tom ended up showing his junk to the so, tsa agents <laughs> well so i go through the thing where it wasn't like an x-ray it's like you had to stick your hands hang on, hang on. can i just say if you have children in the room that you don't want to hear <laughs> sensitive thing because tom can get a little uh, colorful yeah. in his description the so just 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 pause. <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't the metal detector. It was like I guess it does that too, but where you stand in front of like a silhouette of a of a person and put <laughs> you your have, hands up. Yeah, out. you have to have your hands up. Yeah. Like you're at a clock. And so I, I go through and I do that and they're like and, and so I'm really bad at this because I've been doing pre check for so long. Like and I don't mean that as like an elitist like I shouldn't have to I just don't remember he what, forgets the steps. what the things are. Yeah. And so all I have is a backpack. Like we, we were in there for a day, so I had no carry on nothing. And then I set my backpack up there and then I go through and they're like, oh, take your belt off. You're allowed. And I go through and then they're like, there's something in your backpack. So they make me go all the way back to the front of the line because I forgot to take my laptop out. Tom, of, that's such a newbie. Yeah, I know. That's... But I didn't didn't know because <laughs> it's been so long. And so then I'm coming back through and then they're like, stop, you got to do this thing. And I was like, dude, you literally saw me four seconds ago. Like two <laughs> people have walked through. Like, it's not like it's been forever. Well, you got to do it again. OK, so I do it again. Now I'm putting now my belt's back on. So I got to take my belt back off. And, 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 and then he's holding my belt and he's like uh do you have anything in your pants and i'm like no i'm i'm pulling out my pockets i know i don't have anything in my pants well you're alerting in the groin area <laughs> and i'm like what there's i what do you want from me like I, there's what do you want me to do about it well you're alerting in the groin well i'm sorry about my horse cock what do you want me to do like it's it's the cross I bear. Meanwhile, right? <laughs> meanwhile, I see and hear all the yelling, and I yeah. just go over and get his backpack, <laughs> yeah. which is now through, and That's, I I put his laptop back in, and I back away slowly. <laughs> and he's like, "You're alerting the girl," so I like just grab my pants. Luckily, I've lost weight, so there's give, and I'm like. <laughs> Here you go. <laughs> I was like, and I meant to just grab the pants, but I grabbed the pants and the underwear. So I'm pretty sure this guy saw my junk. And so I apologize if I ruined your self-esteem, but it's the risk you take when you're working for TSA. Oh and so then the, guy, then the guy was like, just, just go. <laughs> like, He's like, I've literally seen enough. Get yes. out of here. I'm like, okay. Uh, it was not a good day. It was a good it day. It was a good day. That was just irritating. It was just an annoying yeah. 20 minutes I was like, I get it. I get that you're doing your thing, but like, like <laughs> some common sense, like I, I stood, I've, I was never out of your line of sight. Like I... what, what could I have possibly done for oh. like, but this is, this is, I was just ready to film in case in case yeah. you got in a fight. You're I like, was ready. Oh, he's going to go viral. <laughs> Let's capture that. 
<laughs> well, I knew I knew if both of us started yelling, it, we, yeah. we were both going to jail. Yeah. So I figured one of us needed to come home to the yeah. kids. <laughs> and I was already agitated because we'd already been at like customer service for like 40 minutes trying to figure out like and I know that like it's quicker to just go through the security. Why just been 40 minutes? Because I'm trying to make sure it doesn't happen on any of the future trips. Cause yeah. We, with so our pre-check would work. So yeah. <laughs> And anyway, Whew. other than that, we had a great time. We did. We should also uh, real quick mention. Uh, so we have a new advertiser on the show. Yes. Uh, with Olive in June. Yes. Olive in June. Which, you, you can you need to say it like you mean it. Well, it's, but it's girl stuff. I, well, uh, it can be. <laughs> most, I mean, th- more lots, often than not. Yeah. But yes. If a boy wants to use it. Yes. They, they, they can. It's nail polish. It's y'all. nail polish. But, but it's, it's like salon like nails that you get. Yeah. To do at home anyway it looks really cool it does it's not my jam but it looks really cool and they're not stickers or anything now you can get press on they have the press on nails but these are like this is this is teaching you how to do your nails and they give you all the tools so that like yeah. you do it right and you've been excited about I've, this for, for, years. for a long time for a long years. time and and so i am so thrilled they're one of our sponsors but the reason we're telling you this is because on may 21st saturday may 21st we are having a private master manny class so you can join and we can all do our nails together i'm so ridiculously excited she She very much so is i am but uh so anyway keep an eye out for that we'll have information in the newsletter and in in the group so if you want to head on over there and join if you haven't so you can get your invitation to take part of that if that sort of thing interests you yeah we'd love to have you yeah so uh what pray tell do you have in store for people this week well, uh, we are going to have John Mills join and we are going to be talking about the subscription price increase. We are also going to be talking about some changes that iFit is making. Okay. We have a visit from Dr. Jen, keeping your cool when kids interrupt. Um, we are going to be talking about Just Sims running her first marathon and there's lots to discuss about that, surprisingly. Also, tons of news just in general about mm-hmm. the instructors um, and new job openings. Also, Angelo drops by. And we're going to talk about when are the optimum times to rev your metabolism. Not to mention, we're going to talk about breaking up with Peloton. Not that we are, but an article that was written. And we're also going to talk about uh, the Rock 22 challenge and what's going on with Def Leppard. And then we've got past guest updates galore. Awesome. Also, uh, our guest this week is Clint Harp, who you might recognize from Fixer Upper. Yes. And he has his own show now, too. So you got to check that out as well. Absolutely. Well, before we get to all that shameless plugs, don't forget we're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, I uh, what iHeart, wherever you find a podcast. You <laughs> if can there's find a us. podcast there, we're there. The Zoom Store. No, that's no longer in existence. <laughs> but uh, but you can find us there. While you're there, be sure and follow us so you never miss an episode. Also, uh, maybe leave a review for us. That's always welcome. We would love that. Yes. And you can also keep up to date with us and the goings on in the world of Peloton throughout the week in between episodes by liking our Facebook page, facebook.com slash the clip out. While you're there, like the page and join the group. And you can also sign up for our newsletter where you'll get all sorts of things sent not all not annoyingly like once a week you get an email with all the links and stuff from the show uh, you can do that at the and of course if you would like to watch these episodes you can do so at youtube.com slash the so there's all that let's uh let's dig in shall we yes let's run lift and live with john mills 
Joining us once again via the magic of ZoomTube is John Mills. Hey, John, how's it going? Hi, John. How's it going? <laughs> Fully clothed and everything. <laughs> that would make sense if you heard the conversation we had before. But given the story I just told, I guess it still makes it sense. It still yes. makes sense. Yeah, we had to fill John in, and then John told us a story, and then I told him a story, and we got. I feel so sorry for the editors. It's crazy. Yes. <laughs> I, I feel like they draw short straws to yeah. figure out who has to edit them. They're like, oh no. They're gonna, oh, no. they're gonna oh, up maybe our they're rates. like, oh, did you hear that one? <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. One or the other. Hi. Hey. <laughs> oh, what are we covering first, Tom? <laughs> okay. Well, we'll just jump right in. Okay. Uh, so I, I guess we should cover the price hikes. From Peloton. Oh, oh my God. And, uh, <laughs> this broke after we had recorded last week. So yeah, there we wasn't were, much we could do about it. We were in New York when yeah. this broke. And uh, I am like so weary. I knew, I knew the second I saw this, this is going to not go over well. It never does. It never goes Nobody's over well. Ever, nobody ever gets a price hike and says, oh, well, that seems fair. But it was like divided. It was <laughs> yeah. divided. It was like so many people were like, oh, I never have had a price hike with Peloton. It's been six years, eight years, whatever, however long. You know, different people because right. they've joined at different times and they're like, this is great. Right. It's no big deal. It's $5. Suck it up. And then you had yeah. a whole nother contingent of people people and they were like dude you decreased the hardware but increased the subscriptions you should have only done that to the new people now you're dinging me twice i'm so pissed and that was like <laughs> it was just like all of that all last week how dare they why are they trying to make us pay they're trying to make us make up for all the the money they've lost and it was a lot of yelling a lot of yelling yeah i guess i had like we I had like there was like a third frac faction of people that in, in my group they were saying, well I'm I'm cool with the five dollars, but couldn't they have like quieted the noise from from the folks complaining? Have they like done the price increase along with a feature increase or like? At homecoming when we were getting something or so so then I had that third faction of people yeah, with that theory. You're right. right. That faction <laughs> that faction was there too. They just weren't as loud because I feel like that's more um rational <laughs> than some of the other ones. The irrationality kind of stuck out. But I don't think you could do that at homecoming because homecoming's supposed to be fun and look how great we are. Yeah. You can't kick off homecoming and go, and we're charging you more. Well, like that's not right. to mention earnings report comes out before homecoming this yeah. year. And then on top of all of that let's not forget that the day before they had been they had been told uh th that guy blackwell you know the one guy he's yeah. like get barry out of here he's completely ineffective and so i feel right. like the subscription thing like i think they were holding on to it i think it was already planned but i think they were just like ah go ahead and let it go let's let's just let's just rip the band-aid off and get it done and i think that was their response to blackwell to get them to shut up not that it will work but yeah but i don't feel like they should respond to that dude like I, I don't like the I like I don't have a big deal with them raising the price. I, I it's been a long time and it's it, and, and I get if someone just bought a bike and they're like, you drop the price and like they're in kind of a weird spot. But but um, but I don't like the idea that this guy rings a bell and they're going to react like I, they, and I could be wrong. That's sure. just how it felt to me. Yeah, you know? no, and I, I don't think it's a bad theory. I mean, we'll never know for sure, but I certainly don't 
don't like the look of that, letting that guy think he's got any sort of control over what they do or when they do it. No, I get that. Well, you know what was fascinating to me about it? You know, back in August of last year, they dropped the price from eighteen ninety five down to right? what was it, fourteen ninety five? Yeah. And at the time, I think they were. I think that was a reaction to the prices of other bikes in the space. And I think John Foley was trying to say, look, we're you know we're democratized. Yeah, yeah, we have yeah. The cheapest bike, you know, the least expensive bike. Um, but they admitted, like in the earnings call, like but three months later that uh, maybe that was a mistake <laughs> that, because you, then instead of 50 50 their bikes were 75 percent of the bikes were now bikes and that then was 25 like sales were that was plus. the first time we really heard that things were starting to go off the rails right right and they were like okay that might have been a mistake right so then all of a sudden in january we hear oh they're bringing back the 250 dollars delivery fee and we're putting that on top of only the bike price not the bike plus so it brought it back up to like 1745 and and it, to me it felt like it was to make up for that potential um, issue with lost revenue. Well, this one makes more sense to me because two reasons. They dropped the bike plus price by what, like 500 mm -hmm. and the bike plus and the bike price by like 200. Mm -hmm. if, 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 if I assume last first quarter, they gained like 150,000 subscribers. If you assume that they're going to gain another 150,000 subscribers with this, this, upcoming first quarter that starts in July. I think this whole price increase starts in June, right? Yes, it does. Ultimately, I think that they're losing somewhere around 50 million with that, with those price drops in the hardware, somewhere around 50 million. So mar their margins are around 30%. So that means they're netting like 15 million. If you take $5 a subscriber times 3 million subs, that's 15 million. So if, if you can if you can kind of manage the math I'm mapping out here by raising the subscription price by five dollars and dropping the hardware the way they did, they they kind of just zeroed out. It was like. But, you know, changed. that just that just adds fuel to the fire of pissing the people off. You know that, right? Because why are we yeah. why are we seasoned people subsidizing the new people getting bikes? Right. Like that's kind of right. bullshit. I get, <laughs> I get their argument, but it just it, it made me go, go back to like that original change in August. It was like, well, this one was much more more well thought out, though, but when what you kind of do the math. But what about the fact that like. March 2nd, Barry was like, oh, I'm going to be playing around with the prices, but that $39 price point, it's not going anywhere. Right. What about that? Right. What? Yeah. what uh, I feel like yeah. that's going to lead to some kind of like class action lawsuit or some big like <laughs> petition or like somebody's going to be like drumming up, you know, I just I just feel like it's going to be a big to do. We're not done hearing about this, I think. Yeah, and I keep hearing that, too. That that keeps coming up. Yeah, you know, mm -hmm. he just said a couple of months ago and I don't know what it was in Barron's uh, New York Times. I don't remember where it was. I don't know. He was making yeah, the rounds. Not, so it was hard to keep track. Not lowering <laughs> the price is thirty nine. And I've had people tell me that it. that Foley said that at one time or another. And I don't recall that. I'm not saying it didn't happen. I just don't recall oh, yeah. him ever taking a hard stance and saying we're never raising the thirty nine dollars. I don't think he I, said never. But didn't he say <laughs> didn't he use the word sacrosanct? He did. Yeah. He did. He did say sacro the, sacrosanct. Yeah, that was in a Yahoo Finance video mm -hmm, interview. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, and yeah, he was, yeah, he was. Uh, I don't. I when I listen to it, it doesn't sound like that hard and fast. Like never. It right. Just felt like, yeah, as you're saying, like that's not something they were looking to do. Right? And 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 I think that was true at the time. 
Um, but I think right. I, I think people really need to buckle up because I don't think we have seen uh, even a fraction of the changes we're going to see with uh, good old Bear Bear. I really don't. I think you know, this, I think it's getting crazy up there. Crazy. Oh, yeah. I think he got he got all kinds of stuff start to come out from under his sleeves. I think that's yeah, a CFO for you. They just start cranking through stuff. They just start trying things with money. It gets crazy. I think we, we're just scratching the surface of the money. Telling you. Yeah. yeah, I don't think anybody oh. ultimately or at least not a significant number of people are going to leave over the five dollars. No. They'll, 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 they'll piss complain. and moan. But at the end of the day, I, I think people are just going to suck it up. Yeah, that's what I think, too. Someone said in my group today, they were like, what about the people that are leaving over this? And, and my mind, that's not even coming to my mind. I'm just I'm, I'm just thinking, you know, just the normal, you know, people kind of upset about the you know, initial. I, I have I'm seen struggling to believe somebody's going to be like, I'm I'm out. Five hours. I'm out. I'm I have seen do people do that, but it's been kind of special cases like like there have yeah. been people that say that like they they use their Peloton bike, you know, very rarely compared to their outdoor bike. They've got other things that they're paying for. I don't even remember what they what the example was that they said that they had. So other subscriptions and they were just like. Well, why when I can just use my I'll just use my trainer then and I'll just you can on the bike. You can just run a just a just ride so you could play just ride. You could get your metrics that way and then you could have it playing on an iPad and you're basically getting all of the same things that you would be getting from your bike. So why bother? And that's 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 I mean, people are doing that. I don't want to do that because I I, it's like I said last week. I don't I don't like all the workarounds. I don't like the janky. I I got to do links. I got to (laughs) email things. I like it all to work together very simply and easily. But hey, you know, times are changing. People are getting there's a lot of money that's that's going out the door that wasn't a year ago. Prices yeah, are going up right. everywhere. People are going to have to make choices. And I'm not this is not the choice that I would make. But but everybody has different yeah, things that are uh, important to them. They, everybody has different thresholds. And it might be not, you know, it could be a situation where, yeah, that five bucks isn't that big of a deal but they might be making a series of choices to offset inflation of saying okay well let's drop netflix and i'll take hulu down to the ad-based one and then i can say here's a thing where i can save five bucks by getting or 45 bucks by getting rid of this so i mean it might be part of a larger plan for some people but i I think most people are just gonna suck it up i do too you know where I think becomes really interesting to me is that article that I saw come out today about Lululemon now in, including into their $39 subscription fee access to all these boutique fitness classes. Like, so now it's your $39 subscription for Mirror isn't just for classes on Mirror. Now you can go walk into, I don't know what, I can't remember what it the, was the, like, the, uh, the boutiques uh, were. I can't remember. It wasn't can, Barry's boot camp, but it was stuff like that. Like it was other yeah. other vendors that offer that kind of stuff. Right. So now you can go work into the walk into these boot camps for the thirty nine dollars. So what struck me was Peloton just went up to forty four and the mirrors stayed thirty nine. But you got access to more like the optics of that. Yeah. Right? I was like, oh, oh, wait a minute. What is what does that mean? Well, I don't I don't and, know what it was means. that reaction, a reaction to. But I Peloton. think I I, that's interesting, too. I don't think it's reaction. I think it's. 
I think it's related to their own problems that they're having financially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, obviously. That makes sense. Um, but my, mm-hmm. my first thought when you said that and when I read that you had posted that today, my first thought was that it was coming from a place of, well, they're already hurting. They're already like... There's people questioning, should they have even bought Mir over at Lululemon? I realize it's a very small percentage of what Lululemon does, but it, if that particular unit is losing money, they're probably still going to try to find ways to make it make money. And yeah. uh, so it 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 made me think that's what that was about. But it is an interesting yeah. it is interesting because it was a couple of weeks ago. I don't remember when, but you had said, John, you said, you know, I feel like. Tom might have been you. Maybe you guys were just talking about this in general. Well, if it was brilliant, it was me. <laughs> you, you, one of you guys, or you were just talking about it together. We're saying that the the fact that that Peloton is kind of everyone says it's the gold standard of of all of the the at home fitness from a content standpoint, and yet it's the lowest. It's on it. All these other ones are at the same price point or lower than Peloton. It makes sense that Peloton raised theirs up. It also makes sense that there would continue to be a gap because none of the other content providers can keep up with Peloton from a right. standards standpoint. Right. I, I'm and I'm still I'm still in that camp. I I, I am absolutely on. I think that is right, um, but it still makes me think the the, the, the <laughs> optics of this thing. Like, oh, it doesn't look good. Look, yeah, right. With the with the market go. Wait a minute! I just got all this for thirty nine dollars while we're reopening and people supposedly are starting to go back out and now their package includes going into a facility outside the home, like. Like, I don't know. Yeah, if that's important it's interesting. to you. It's it, very interesting. I agree. I agree. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it might be a way to capture those people that that feel like they still want that gym experience where it's like, oh, it doesn't have to be either or. I would think if they were wanting to sell mirrors, one of the easiest way they could do it is uh, is just if you have a mirror, subscri- active mirror subscription, you get 10% off. Like... 10% off of what? Lululemon stuff. Oh. Like, oh, that's a part of this. It, it, there's gear, a part of this $39 subscription. Oh, okay. They yeah. didn't go into detail all of what it was. I didn't know if it was like just a you know, percentage off or exclusive access, but they did say it, it includes apparel. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. yeah, I think I, because people wild. love Lululemon stuff. And so I would think if you offered people a discount, if they had an active subscription, I think a lot of people might bite the bullet that's mm. what that's what they're talking about so does that yeah. mean we're going to start getting discounts on peloton apparel and going to the studio is going to be free no, no. no okay. uh, in fact no. we're going to talk about it later but uh, i'm pretty sure we're going to see the opposite direction i think uh, oh, damn. i i think okay. we're going to be paying a premium to go into the uh, studio from now on i think that is a whole new world that uh Peloton is going to start capitalizing off of. That's me. Uncle Barry isn't going to look at Lulu and then change it all up like tomorrow. You know, he might change his mind tonight. It's Uncle Barry we're talking about. (laughs) Hey, you can never say no with Barry. (laughs) I'm not saying it won't happen. I just don't think it's going to happen. That's what I think. (laughs) He's like a loose cannon up there. I don't know. I don't know what he's going to do. You don't know. Nobody knows. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody knows. Well, uh, moving along, uh, you John found a, an article this week about iFit and filming content at the Boston Marathon. Yeah, I did. I thought this was interesting, John. I thought this was uh, very unique of iFit, and I have heard a lot of good things about their outdoor content. 
Yeah, I mean, I've been hearing stuff about their outdoor content for a long time, and mm-hmm. then and then of course when 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 Peloton read we did their outdoor content, you you couldn't help but go, wow, that's that sound looks very familiar, similar to kind of the concepts that um, I've been hearing and seeing with iFit. But this whole deal, I guess, number one, they filmed content from a, a trek they made up. Um, I can't remember the mountain now. They a trek up a famous mountain. <laughs> And Walton they Mountain. Filmed, <laughs> and they <laughs> they filmed the content and they delivered it as um as content that users could take, classes users could take that's filmed from that low it was Everest, I just realized. <laughs> so they could they could take That is a famous mountain. It is famous. It's very famous. That is, I was right, right? Yeah, they so, guess. So, so they can, <laughs> subscribers could take this, these classes that were filmed on these locations, you know. And so um, that um, series of classes now is is uh, is uh, nominated for like an Emmy. Right, right. kind of wild. Like, I didn't know you connected fitness content. I know, to, like, wait, you know, for so an Emmy. anything yeah. can get an Emmy now? I, like, I mean, could I'm, could this YouTube video get an Emmy? Like, is that, is that what we're saying? Not that's submitted. <laughs> we're <Yeah>. submitting it. <laughs> he submitted it. it. <laughs> yeah, we're submitting it. That's it. But I don't know, but they submitted and I guess not, but it's in a category with NBA on TNT Tuesdays. So I, I don't know if they're going to win. Hmm. But anyway, <laughs> and I don't know how they match these things up, how they get in with NBA TNT Tuesday. I don't know. But anyways, they're up for an Emmy. So now this is interesting because now they're filming content from the Boston Marathon. And it's not just a Boston Marathon. It's a, like a series of like four or five major marathons around the world. But in this one, this individual who I wasn't familiar with, but Tommy Rivers Pussy, I guess his name is. Yeah, he's a big deal. He, he's a really big yeah, deal. Yeah, that's what I've been hearing. I guess he had cancer and almost died and had to relearn to walk. And and now he, he ran in this, this marathon. The content was filmed. It's going to be presented as classes that people can take. And so you're just like experiencing the marathon, right? You, you hear the sounds of the people around running, you know, you're like you're at the Boston Marathon. So it just seemed like a very interesting kind of spin on connected fitness content. If you align that with the iFit um, equipment, you know, allows for it to like automatically incline, decline, you know, all that stuff. Um, you know, the folks that have these iFit devices are like all raving about the fact that they'll be live in these, they're not live, but in these events while the device is kind of doing all these things for them. I mean, I have to say that's pretty cool. One of my my favorite all-time classes that Peloton has ever done uh, was when Robin and Bex Gentry have each done, I think two now, uh, where they did the New York City Marathon and they called it a simulation. And uh, they go through and they kind of talk about the experience and it's, they're, they're inspiring. They are, they're wonderful classes and they like, they make you want to jump up and run a marathon, like right that second. Right. And uh, so to be able to take a class where you're experiencing it, uh, that you're you're in it, you're you're that immersed. I think I think that it is a really cool idea. I think it's a very cool concept. And I would love to see Peloton do things like that. And I and I would love for it to be their freaking idea. That would be even cooler. (laughs) That's where I was. I started when I was seeing this. The two things came to mind. It was like. Should. Peloton should be, should they be submitting content for broader awards in this, you know, Emmy space? 
I don't, like, know, I don't know what you get from that. I Maybe you get nothing from that. But that was the first question. And then the second was, that we are we got members and instructors who are running in these major events. So, and, and I know that it's an exclusive with IFIT now, but should there be a, a broader tie in some way to, to, to outdoor events in general with, with Peloton, considering the, you know, the size of the community it seems, and the fact that they're already doing the events? It seems like a missed opportunity to not. Um, I think that they could, no matter what, they could be doing more. And I think that it's uh, yet another example of how Peloton kind of kind of overlooks the tread content, kind of overlooks the running community. Um, and I say that as somebody who I've really, really gotten more into running than I have biking. And yeah. not that I'm against biking or anything like that, but we have all these cool things that Peloton does that that are all it's so immersed in so many different worlds. And you don't see any of that. And and all the inst- right. all the instructors are out there with all these different races. And it's it's they're all there. They're all right. there. And so the people are all there. So like, why are we not doing more? It's already right. organic. Like it's happening. You guys could right. do more to capitalize on that. I I, I think I remember it's, I used to go to me and Erica used to do a lot of five and ten Ks. We never did half marathons or marathons, but we would we did a lot of like these five and ten Ks. And a lot of times I would go to these events and my company would be there with the booth. Yeah. So then all of us would just like, you know, all, you know, go to the booth and right. we would hang out there. All these people we knew, big flag, big tent, exactly. big booth, our company's there. Exactly. So even if it's not like, you know, some big crazy major sponsorship, you would think you would, there would think be some type of like um I I will see I will here. say that a couple years ago when they first when they first introduced the tread they did do some outdoor racing stuff so I don't know if there's like that kind of got put to the side with the pandemic and then this year they didn't right. get a chance to do anything with it I I have no idea but I would love yeah. to see more things like this because um it's it's moments like that that really bring the community together. They're already there. So to your point, bring them together. It, they're, they're, they're already there. there. Yeah. They just all disparate there. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, if they find each other, they take pictures and, and <laughs> see them scattered. Kind exactly. Of. And, and then, then Peloton can't really use them as a part of their marketing. They can't really use that in their imagery. Like, like you, it just seems like a kind of an easy one. Yeah, not to mention know. you could have like Peloton racing shirts. And I mean, there's a whole thing that could be done there. So... That's right. Mm-hmm. I'm starting about running now, you know, because I, I, I'm all lighter now. Yeah. Congrats on that. What are it you? It literally feels like, well, I'm, I, you know, I got down and I kind of like plateaued. Like I'm right at 190. Let me just, tell you I'm something, stop, John, stop something I say all the time to people. You don't lose weight in a straight line. You go back yes. and forth. So. OK, that makes sense. Yeah. It's not a straight I'm, line. I'm sticking with it, everything and Good. everything's working. Good. And I can tell that, you know, things are like uh I'm losing inches. Yeah. So I'm trying not to pay as much attention to the scale as much, you know, but it's hard. I I know. It is hard to get out of that mindset. It is. The scale's right there. Right. so it's, it's an hard. easy metric, right? It like it's an it's yeah. an easy metric and but yeah, at some at some point, yeah, you, you need to focus more on like how you're looking as opposed to yeah. What, yeah. What Those you pictures you're taking are smart to keep, you know, reviewing and, and keep measuring because those are those are better indicators. I mean, working with people on MetPro as a MetPro coach, you know, I have seen people yeah. in the last several months lose 
seven pounds, which doesn't sound like much, but they've lost 10 inches. I mean, it's just insane. It's insane. So everybody's different. Some people, they're going to drop the pounds depending on how much weight they have to lose. Some people, they're going to lose inches and both are wins, right? So. Right. What, you know, it's it's funny because, you know, Erica is much more savvy with all this stuff. So, and, and she's, she's lost a good amount of weight as well. And she was telling me when we started, she was like, okay, so take pictures. And then she was all cool with it. And I was so depressed about how I looked. I was like, I ain't taking no damn picture. So I didn't take any pictures. Oh, so no. now to do comparisons, I got to find yep. stuff yeah. that really wasn't for that intent. Right. Because I was so upset when I started, you know. It's a, Yeah, like if you knew you were going to get there, you would have taken the picture. But at the time, you're just like, I don't need confident. a picture of that. Yeah, I, I, same. Don't want all that yeah. I get it. I get it. That's another thing. It's about pro coach. I hear all this. I don't want to take pictures. I hate my oh, pictures. And right. I, I always think about what Tom says. OK, but think about how good you're going to feel three months from now when you look at those pictures. And you know what? I have to say, yeah. I don't have one client that has not seen a difference over three months. That's even if the scale has barely moved, there right. are there are other improvements. I do think that taking pictures is an excellent way to keep yourself accountable. <laughs> I was telling I was telling my group and, and this is true. I was so depressed it was a point around September, because you know, you, you guys know my mom had passed and a lot had gone on. Yeah. yeah, I was so depressed and I gained so much weight that I was like avoiding at the time cameras, mirrors, reflections. Like Aww. I literally was like, like, you know, I had never really done that in my life before. I was really kind of like, so this is a godsend. I feel like a billion percent better now. That's so wonderful. That's awesome. Congratulations. Yeah, it's a good deal. It's a good deal. So now that's why I'm running. I can run now. I now feel lighter. Run. It's like I'm floating. <laughs> floating I was doing pull-ups. I was like, hey, this is easier. I'm getting stronger. And I'm like, no, oh, I lost 30. <laughs> I'm pulling up 32 less pounds. Are that's you gonna all. do are you gonna do a marathon? I'm thinking about it now. Oh, oh, Jasmine's bugging me about running now. Now she wants to run. You know, she lost all that weight. She mm-hmm. lost like 120 pounds. Yeah. Now she wants to run. So I can't, I might have to now. And I, you know, I saw, I saw Jess Sims out there looking like a superstar. And I'm like, what? Now I might have to run a marathon. It's a big commitment. It is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Maybe I shouldn't have said that on air. <laughs> <laughs> it's oh, we'll out edit. there now. We'll edit it out. Don't worry. No. <laughs> we won't. We won't. No. <laughs> we won't at all. No. Well, John, thank you so much for joining us. Until next week, where can people find you and your wares? They can find me on Facebook, my Facebook page or group, Run, Lift, and Live. They can find me on Instagram, Run, Lift, and Live. They can find me on the Tickety Talk, Run, Lift, and Live. Or they can find me at Run, Lift, and Live or Run, Lift, Live. There you go. Either of them. Awesome. Well, thank you very much. Talk to you later. Bye, John. Man, there is nothing worse than when you buy a pair of sunglasses and then you lose or break them. I would agree. So what do we do about that? Well, that's where Gooder comes in. Their sunglasses are $25 each. So nobody likes to throw away $25, but it's a lot better than throwing away a hundred or more dollars on a pair of broken sunglasses, right? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I have to say that's not my favorite part about Gooder. My favorite part about Gooder is that when I run, they don't slip, they don't bounce, and they're 100% polarized. Um, And they also come in like a million different colors and styles. 
for your $25, you're not sacrificing comfort, safety, or style. If you want to support the show and pick up a pair, Gooder is giving the Clipout listeners free shipping on their first order. Just go to gooder.com slash TCO. That's G-O-O-D-R.com and use code TCO to get free shipping. Gooder offers a 30 30- day money back guarantee and 100% satisfaction. Find your pair at gooder.com slash TCO and use code TCO to get free shipping. If you're looking to avoid carbs, it's always a challenge trying to find bread that fits in with your keto lifestyle. Right, because you want to make sure that it tastes good and you want to make sure it has good ingredients. So I think Hero Bread does both. Especially when you're in the store, you are overwhelmed with bread choices. Yes. And I've had other breads before that claim to have low net carbs and you are certainly sacrificing taste texture size yes none of that with hero bread no because sometimes on the ones that have the low net carbs they have like no substance to it (laughs) it's like eating air it is and hero bread actually really tasted good and it felt like a solid piece of bread like i did not feel like i was giving up something i was surprised at how big each slice of bread was here's the real test of a piece of bread (laughs) i didn't make a sandwich with these I just had toast Which you love Because you have toast Almost every day I do It was the (laughs) best textured Bread of this sort That I've ever had And if you're doing the math It's zero to one grams Of net carbs Zero gram sugar And high in fiber So don't give up Being a breadhead. Hero Bread Is offering 10% Off your order Go to Hero.co And use code TCO at checkout That's TCO At H-E-R-O Dot C-O this psychological edge with Dr. Jen. Joining us once again via the magic of ZoomTube, it's Dr. Jen Mann, licensed marriage, family, and child therapist and sports psychology consultant. She was a five-year national team member in rhythmic gymnastics and sports psychology for USA Gymnastics. It's Dr. Jen. Hello. Hello. Hi, so glad to have you back. Uh, we have a member of the Clipout community that needs your help. This is Kelly Quirk. Uh, She says, in the last 60 plus weeks of being a Peloton member and loving her bike, she's discovered the main value for her is the improved mental health outcomes. The physical is great too. She has spent two plus years working on the frontline essential work during a pandemic, raising three kids, helping her husband through two surgeries and recoveries for a broken femur. And Peloton specifically cycling is a huge mood booster and distractor overall. Sometimes while she's riding, uh, her wonderful kids decide it's the perfect time to have a fight, argument, ask for snacks, etc. And although she preps everyone with, hey, I'm getting on the bike now. What do you need before I get on? Kids will be kids. How does she manage her own emotions about the interruptions in the moment without lashing out at her kids? It's a little hard to go from amping herself up to it for a Tabata hit uh, Hills power zone and the next effort to stop yelling at your brother and then get my head back in the workout game. Oh, I feel this mom so much. <laughs> I think um, I think I know the answer. Yeah. Adoption. Yeah. <laughs> well, first of all, do we know how old her kids are? It does not say. No. Okay. 
Okay. So, it, but it sounds like that. They're, look, they're not toddlers. It sounds like they are like elementary school age. I'm, I'm guessing just based on kind of the the little piece of the fight that she that she shared. <laughs> um, That's a good point. And many people have seen on my Instagram that I posted the sign that I have outside of my Peloton workout room. And yes. what that says, and it's something I've talked about with my family, basically says like. I'm in here on my Peloton. This is something I do not just for my physical health, but for my mental health. Peloton is therapy, but it is very therapeutic and it's important for my well-being. And it's important that I have this tied to myself. Unless the house is on fire, someone is bleeding and needs stitches, an adult is on their deathbed or is extremely ill, do not disturb my workout. And I've said... And I'm sure a lot of people, especially during the pandemic, can relate to this. You may hear me crying on my bike. You may hear me laughing on my bike. Like, <laughs> please don't come in and stare at me. You don't need to ask if I'm okay. I love you. I appreciate your support. And like, I need to have my experience. So like I've carved out with my kids, this is my sacred time. So since I've had that conversation and posted that sign, it's highly unusual for me to be interrupted. So I, I, my first thing is I recommend that she make a strong boundary. It sounds like she has said something, but that there are no consequences to breaking the, the boundary, that there is, aside from her getting frustrated, but it sounds like she's saying, don't do this, then everyone's doing it and they're still getting what they want. So yeah. she, has a, yeah. she has a few options and, and you know, say like, here are the guidelines, depending on the age of her kids. Here are the guidelines. Unless one of these things happens, you need to, to let me have my time to myself. If you don't, here's what will happen. And then there, there may need to be a consequence. Like, hey, you know, that means that, um, you know, I'm going to end up having to pause my workout. My workout's going to take longer. So we're probably going to run out of time tonight to do some of the fun stuff we do before bed. We may not have time to read three stories. We may only be able to do one. So it's not punitive. And it's also reasonable in that like, if there really is an emergency, obviously her kids should be able to, to get her. I also think the other thing is to make sure that if there's another adult in the house, that that adult is aware that this is your time. So you want to set the kids up to succeed. So let the adult know, I will be unavailable for the next 45 minutes. Let the kids know, if you need something, go to this adult instead of coming to me. And that way the adult kind of be the judge of like, oh, whoa, this is serious enough. We need to get mom off her tobacco. So I think that, that that is really important. And then look, I'm not a big fan of behavioral reward charts, but desperate times call for desperate measures. And she may need to make a reward chart for every workout that you let me have without interrupting, you get a star, you get X number of stars, and then you get this treat. You get to pick a movie, you get to get a toy, something like that. But I, I think that she needs to set her, her kids up to succeed in this area and stop making the boundary and then breaking the boundary with no consequences other than her own mental health. Yeah, absolutely. So, so you say focus more on that than her own, than worrying so much about her own emotions, because if she, if she can set the boundary appropriately, then the emotions will resolve themselves. And, yeah. And I also, I think she deserves to have an uninterrupted ride. 
There are very few things in reality that we, I mean, look, unless she's working out 10 hours straight, but like, it doesn't sound like she's saying I'm working out for three hours. I'm training for a marathon that if she's working out for 30 to 60 minutes and there's someone else in the house, there's no reason for them to be interrupting her this consistently. You know, and I also think the other thing is that she may want to look at, is she working out at the ideal time to work out? Can she work out during a lunch break if she's working from home, you know, when her her kids are at school or, you know, on her day off if she, you know, she's a frontline worker, God bless her, by the way. And like, thank you so much for all that you've done the last two years and some. Um, but that maybe what she does is she looks at what are her days off and those are maybe her longer workout days and maybe her other days she has a 20 minute hide when her kids are asleep if, if it's too difficult. But I think that looking at when is the best time for her to work out can also help. But yeah, absolutely. I put the focus on solving the problem as opposed to dealing with the emotions of when the boundary keeps getting crossed. I'd rather see the boundary not get crossed. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And like you said, if there's another, if there's another adult in the house, then maybe the boundary isn't with the kids. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. I agree with you. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think that, you know, here, there, here is someone who has multiple kids. She's giving as a mom, she is a frontline worker. She's giving as a professional, give this woman some time to herself for God's sakes. Like, let her have that. And, and her kids need to learn. And look, ultimately, we train our families about what the boundaries are. We teach people how to treat us and our kids are included in that. And I think, you know, look, on a side note, you also want to look at, are you respecting your kids' boundaries? Because we model the respect of boundaries. And if your kid says, like, please knock before coming in my room, I don't care how old they are, you knock before you come into their room. If you're not respecting some of their boundaries, they're not going to respect yours. So it's also worth doing kind of a little inventory of like, okay, am I modeling this behavior well? Am I am I respecting my kids' boundaries as well? Yeah, absolutely. Very good points. All good points. Abs- absolutely. So uh, thank you so much for joining us and for the wonderful advice. Until next time, where can people find you? Uh, they can find me on social media at Dr. Jen Mann, two ends on Jen, two ends on Mann, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and I post my Instagram stories. I post my Peloton workouts for anyone who is obsessive like me and wants to know what, I, what class I'm taking. Um, and also I have a column called Hump Day with Dr. Jen in Insta Magazine. Every week I give sex and relationship advice. Instructors in the news. So uh, Jess Sims ran her first marathon. She did. Yeah. And just so you guys know, there's a whole story here. There's a story behind this. So so Michelle Blackburn reached out to Jess Sims on December 13th and shared with her that she had been only a few feet away from the first bomb at the finish line back in 2013. It almost took her legs and it changed her life forever. Uh, she took Jess Sims classes and thinks that she is an amazing instructor and uh, she's really feels like Jess has helped her with her recovery uh, and uh, asked if Jess Sims wanted to take her bib so that she could run in her place. Um, and so uh, despite the fact that Jess Sims has never run more than eight miles consecutively, 
she started training and um <laughs> uh she she did it she did it she finished it and uh there were people arguing about the pace i don't know i just put on there what was the tracker it took around four and a half hours who freaking cares she yeah. finished this is why i don't want to run a marathon by the right. way because yeah. people do that <laughs> yeah um but at any rate, there's a picture. If you're looking at our, our YouTube video, there's a picture of Jess Sims with Michelle. Michelle was there waiting for her at the finish line. How cool is that? And I'll tell you what, I had no idea how difficult it is to get into the Boston Marathon specifically. Now, some marathons you are able to get into uh, by doing different things. Of course, there's always qualifying for any of these marathons. But then some of them have really strict cutoff points. And Boston is one of them. Yeah. Because of that, you have to hit a certain number. And even even going through a charity sponsor, even if you raise the money, uh, you may not you're not necessarily guaranteed to get it because they like to give those spots to local folks. So it is uh, not a guarantee. It is a very, very difficult marathon. So she went straight out there and it was very interesting because not one word was said on social media until the day of the Boston Marathon. <laughs> and I have to say. Kirsten Ferguson is the best friend. I she took Jess there. She spent all all day at the marathon. She accompanied her on the trip to get to Boston. Got her to the starting line, took all of her stuff, made sure that she was uh, <laughs> documented properly, <laughs> posted everywhere for her. What a wonderful friendship these two ladies have. And it's a very special and a very special part of what the Peloton community is. Very cool to see. And congrats to Jess. That's an amazing accomplishment. Absolutely. You know, I wonder, like, will Peloton instructors get to keep competing and stuff like that? Will they be able to? Because there were lots of people during the race yeah, yeah, wanting that, pictures with her. That is a good point. Um, when people realized it was just Sims they were next to, they literally stopped. They would they would try to pick, take pictures with her while she was running. And so many people were yelling and stuff at her. Now, I don't know, Tom, because Robin's been doing that for years. I think part of the issue was that um, nobody expected Jess to be out there. Like they were shocked that she yeah. was there um and of course the studios haven't been open so it hasn't you know they don't people don't have their access there, there are other opportunities <laughs> to do that exactly right. so who knows i don't know what will happen in the future but luckily she got to run this one and uh and she she survived it she did yeah, take an extra day off from one of her classes one sure. of her classes got canceled tomorrow <laughs> because she needed a little more time to rest but yeah i would think that would have to be frustrating like she's smiling the pictures she seems like she's being very polite but like you're there to focus on your thing and somebody's coming up to you i would i would think that that would be frustrating it's tough because you know people are just excited to see her sure. and they're Which not is flattering it is and it's not like other people don't talk during the marathon or other people don't take pictures during the marathon it's not like it's you know but but also on the flip side of that you know um when you're doing something you've never done there's a concentration involved because you're just like must finish right must finish yeah <laughs> maybe absolutely. that's just me i don't know <laughs> no i think that's probably pretty common <laughs> so your head's not necessarily in the right place to be like yeah let's chat it up while yeah. i'm running <laughs> <laughs> so alex toussaint uh is speaking at Joint Base Andrews, or he has spoken. Yes, he has he, spoken. Yeah. He was there the other day and uh, got. He was really excited, and he uh, took some Instagram videos of him coming off the plane. Looked like a, a private jet taking mm -hmm. him there, and uh, he seemed to have a very, very good time. So very cool. So we mentioned in the opening about Ross Rayburn and his puppy. 
Yes, Hattie. But what we didn't tell you was a special story that Ross shared with us. And then he shared it on social media. So I felt like it was okay to share. Yeah. Um, He told us about his dog, Hattie. And Hattie was turning three the day we saw him. And uh, that's 21 in people years. uh, Dog years, excuse me. And uh, (laughs) what's interesting about this is she has seven, I think, seven brothers and sisters. And it was, there's... Eight, eight and total. seven of them live in the New York That's right. area. That's what it was. But the interesting thing is every year the owners all get together in New York City and they have a birthday party for all the brothers and sisters. How freaking yeah. cool is that? <laughs> I just think that is the best ever. I love it. So Ross wasn't able to go to Hattie's birthday party this year, but he did share pictures on Instagram of last year's party. And I thought it was amazing. What a great special story. And Hattie, I, Hattie was very, very skeptical of you tom that yeah. side eye she was she, giving you was epic she, she's looking like looking at me like i tried to take her wallet <laughs> oh, hattie is a funny dog very sweet <laughs> brooke shields interviewed tune day uh, yes on the 21st on the at beginning is now page and uh it's pretty cool because it all has to do with Tunde's new book, Speak, and yeah. it's coming out very soon. Tunde has started, well, I think she's starting to tour this next coming week, and uh, she's going to be doing um, a stop in New York and a stop in LA, and supposedly there's more cities to come, but I haven't seen a full list yet. But how cool is she gets to be interviewed by Brooke Shields yeah. for that? Very cool. Congrats, Tunde. So Emma Lovewell shared uh, an interesting video about what they do in between classes. Yeah, this cracked me up. So if you're not watching our YouTube video, uh, Emma Lovewell posted a video <laughs> where it starts where she has like some major sweat on her bra <laughs> between classes and she pulls out a hairdryer <laughs> and starts drying her shirt and uh, her bra for the next class. <laughs> and she's like, you got to do what you got to do. <laughs> I love whenever the instructors share like real moments like that. <laughs> <laughs> Those Dysons work wonders. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. Love them. <laughs> so E! Online had some pictures of celebrities at Coachella. Yeah, I thought it was interesting because there were several instructors out there. I know Cody was out there. Maddie was out there. Uh, Robin, uh, DJ John Michael. I think Jess King was there. But honestly, I don't remember. But at any rate, um, <laughs> Robin was was spotted and snapped and uh, they included her picture from the Liquid IV event and uh, put her up on their their page on E! Online. So I thought it was pretty funny. I, I guess it just never gets old to me that... That they're officially celebrities mm-hmm. now. Yeah. yeah, totally. Clip out. Joining us once again via the magic of ZoomTube, it's Angelo from MetPro here to answer all of your nutrition questions. Hello. Hi. Hey guys, thanks for having me back. I'm so glad you're here. Uh, Jessica Cadane sent me an email. So she is in need of like urgent help. She says she's got a question for Angelo. When you plateau weight loss after being in a calorie deficit and now you want to rev your metabolism and reset, how long should people generally increase their calories in order to do to do so a week two weeks two weeks etc so she's been listening jessica is paying Very attention <laughs> yeah, that is a great question jessica okay um and the answer is until you get your calories back to a normal level it's not you can't say i have clients that you know were there in 10 to 14 days i have some clients that it takes us 
it could take a month or two. That's extreme, but it can happen. And a lot of that has to do with how proactive you are. So most people think the hard part is the, the dieting part, the cutting part. Believe it or not, the, the hard part for some people is really the revving part because that's where your goal is to gradually increase your calorie intake, increase your carbohydrates to some degree, increase your overall intake without gaining or without gaining significant. So generally speaking, what you're going to want to do is give yourself a small buffer. If you weigh um, under, let's say 200 pounds, this isn't exact science here, but if you weigh under 200 pounds, uh, you know, about a pound, pound and a half buffer is just fine. If you're a bigger person, you might give yourself a two, three pound buffer, you know, top end, but you don't want to let it stray very far from that. So allow yourself to eat a little bit more. You can gain, like I said, just a little bit. But if you start popping over whatever threshold you set in place, you have to stop. Don't decrease, just stop increasing and go and hit the extra exercise. Specifically, this is where you want to put in calorie expending, you know, heart pumping, intense exercise because you're getting the extra fuel for it. So you can really push during those workouts. You might have to do a few extra cardio sessions, you know, maybe even a couple days back to back. When you get that pound or so to drop back down and you drop under that threshold that we set, that's when you can increase again. And it's tempting to make big increases, but what you'll find, everyone's body's a little different, but what most people find is you're going to be able to make more increases over a given amount of time if you just do them real gradual because your metabolism gets kind of teased along the way. So if you add just a little bit, especially if it's carbohydrates and you spread them evenly throughout the day, that process really impacts your metabolism where it tends to rev it up. And so a few days later, you can always add again, a few days later, add again, but go slow. What most people do is they diet well past the threshold of sanity. <laughs> they diet to the point where there is no adding back slow. There's only cheesecake. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> so how long do we have to build until we can add in the cheesecake? <laughs> <laughs> asking for a friend. You know yes. That's a, that's a legit question. So let's talk about that for a quick moment. People say, well, at what point can I eat some of the indulgences that I want? Well, at the point where it's no longer causing you to gain body fat. Mm. And I have clients that reach that. I have, a, I have a client that was on, you know, this is an internal reference. So some of our listeners aren't going to know what this, this means. But it was, he's on a phase 11 diet. So that would be like, you know, what you have is the, the, the starvation diet versus the Olympian diet, you know, and this is the Olympian plus one. And he's real consistent. But he said, Angela, what would happen if I, you know, I'm, I'm going out meeting some friends. And if I wanted to indulge and have some spaghetti and garlic bread, what would happen? I said, nothing, <laughs> nothing would happen. You're already used to, you know, what, now what you're doing is you're maybe replacing a optimized carbohydrate for a slightly less optimal carbohydrate, but you're not really increasing the totals at that point. So when you get to a point where you're eating a reasonable amount of calories, reasonable amount of carbs, you can work in a indulgence, a cheat meal once in a while with, with minimal impact. The problem is you have to recognize the harder you diet, 
the more sensitive your body is going to be to those deviations, you're going to pay a higher price. That's why we tend to be working with our clients a little bit stricter. And we talk about in advance, hey, we're looking at the calendar. We know you have a couple weeks coming up that are fairly clear. We're going to do a diet down phase during those couple weeks. We need to really prepare in advance because what you ate last night as an indulgence, that's not going to fly in the middle of your cut because your body's going to be more sensitive until we bring you back up. Also, why when we know someone's going on vacation, we'll usually reintroduce gradually carbs for a couple of weeks before a big vacation. So that way, if they go and have an indulgence, it's not a shock to their system. And that, that all goes into how you can control your metabolism. So Jessica's question, getting back to you hit a plateau, it's time to increase. Mm -hmm. What I would do is try and gradually increase, pick something simple, uh, 25, 30 grams of carbohydrates at a time. See if you can maintain your weight. And if you hold for three or four days, increase again. And then once you start inching up, pause and really hit the extra cardio. Once you feel like you have enough carbs, you've given yourself both a physical recovery and a psychological break from feeling like you're being restrictive or dieting. Sit there for a couple weeks and then you can always go back into another cutting cycle. And of course, if you want to go through that whole experience with a coach, that's what we can help you with. But the principles are very simple and they're, they're laid out just exactly what you said, Jessica, and what we just talked about. So hopefully that'll help a little bit. Awesome. And if people want to try that and they want someone to connect the dots for them, put them real close together, like mine. We're happy to connect dots. Yes. Metro.co <laughs> slash TCO. We like to connect dots so much. There's a dot in the address. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thank you. Peloton in the news. Peloton had an interesting job posting this week. A couple of them. Yeah. And uh, can I just say, people get kind of rough. Um, on, on the internet? I know, right? I've never heard of such a thing. Ah. Do tell. Okay. So here's the deal. Um, they had a couple of different roles listed, both mentioning a concierge role. Now, it's important to note that this role is separate than guest services and guest services is what you would see at the front desk in right. the studio um and it's so regular folk would see yes yes it is now um i am told that this concierge role has existed for years um and that they did things to help with groups there are words in this this particular posting that makes me think things are going to change again. Now, I think I was a little misleading with my wording. I said that I felt like there was going to be uh, a new membership change. And I, I don't believe that our base membership price is going to change. However, yeah. I do think we are going to see things change when it comes to the studio. I think that uh, there has been a lot of pent up demand. There are just I mean, literally a million more people than when there right. were before the studios closed that are Peloton members now. And I think the days of stopping by to jump in a studio are over. So when I see words in here listing like concierge amenities and uh, and that there's going to be group booking process and protocols to keep our members excited, including enhancing our package offerings, 
I hear that's going to change and it's going to be some kind of package offering right. that you get whenever you want to have a group go to the studio. But lots and lots of people told me how dumb I am <laughs> and that I was completely wrong and that it's just a person at the front desk. So I don't know. We will see, but I firmly believe you're going to see big changes at the studio. Uh, when we were in New York this week, I wanted to get a picture taken at the uh, studio door. And um, I, I just wanted to have the Peloton thing behind me. And I was really surprised because, uh, one, we walked up there and there were these two huge security guards at the door. Like yeah. just standing there. That's just their job they do all day. Right. The interesting thing was two security guards were also walking this instructor out to their transportation, not just out the door, down the street, down the sidewalk to their transportation, which I thought was fascinating because there are so many people that are waiting outside all the time to take yeah. pictures. So what is it going to be like when the studios are actually open? Well, I really feel very strongly costs are going to go up. It is not going to be that you're just going to get to go in anytime you want and take a class. I believe very firmly that's going to change. Yeah, I mean originally it was very much like they just wanted people in the classes and they they needed an audience and so it was like, yeah, please come on in. And I think the the demand has has flipped in that regard. And I think they're going to I think they're going to monetize it. I do, too. I think it's going to be, you know, you're going to you're going to pay to do that or you're going to, you know, or maybe even you pay X amount for to take a class and X amount extra to get your picture with the instructor after the class. And it's going to be become more of a an immersive experience mm -hmm. than it than it is just to come in and take a class and go it's you're not going to see these you know there were people previously that i mean that they didn't even own a peloton they just went to the studio all the time because it was the one by their house mm -hmm. and i i don't think that will be a thing at all anymore no and you used to be able there were a couple midday classes that uh, were 20 minutes long <laughs> back then that was unusual and uh you could take those for free i think those days are over <laughs> yeah <laughs> i just i think this is going to maybe not every class maybe not every class will be like that but i think Boy, those instructors, I, I think they can't stand out there and say hello to everyone now. And I think I think Peloton knows that. I yeah. think there's too many. And I think, I yes, I think everything you just said is what's going to happen. I mean, going back to the previous conversation about how the Peloton people are just celebrities now. Yeah, they're celebrities now. Like you if if you go and watch a taping of SNL, you don't get to meet. Kate McKenna afterwards right exactly you know, it doesn't work like that and what's so hard for people who have been part of the Peloton community since the beginning or yeah. since the early days is that we feel <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and speak for most of them uh I think we feel like a little like you don't matter like I know you were there for us when we needed you, but now we don't care. Um, I know I saw somebody saying, shouldn't we all be VIPs? I believe it was Susie Barris. Those days are so over. Yeah. yeah you're, and it's just not practical. It's not practical. Like, it's, I yeah. understand that logically. Right. I do. But it's still like, ouch. Ouch. Yeah. Like that. that's, I mean... We had a lot to do with Peloton growing the way it and did. And there is a way to track that. I know like Pearl Jam with their fan club, like you you have a serial number and the people that joined the fan club in 1993, they get better perks than the people that joined the fan club in 2003. And they should. And they get better perks than the people that joined in 2013, like right? And so um you know, the they make sure that the people that have been there from the beginning get hooked up. I also know that that 
is a difficult process to do. They spend a lot of money to make sure that that happens. But yeah, and I, I don't, I don't see Peloton doing that. I see it being a tier thing. Like you're yeah. going to have to spend money to get that access. Not yeah. you're you're going to pay to get in line. Not not have automatic just because you've been around but i hope i'm wrong i yeah. would love to see that i would love to see a pearl gm like experience because i think that the people who have been around the longest they deserve that totally. I, I think so yeah so we'll see um but it's it's pretty different up there i was surprised i mean the studio's not even open and i was shocked how different it was yeah <laughs> <laughs> it was it was jarring <laughs> the new york times had an article uh, titled breaking up with peloton yeah so we get, we get an article like this about what every nine months. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's been done so many times. Yeah. Right. Uh, but it, it, <laughs> I do think after visiting New York, I got I, I feel like I have a different feel for it because I feel like I talked to a lot of people who have been in the Peloton world for a long time. Mm-hmm. And I felt like the overwhelming sense that I got was just like. It's just so different now. Right. And I do think that it's it's changed enough that I don't think that the people who have been around since the beginning are necessarily leaving in droves. I do think that they are ready for new things and Peloton is not keeping up with it. Right. Despite everything that's said in this article, I, I don't think that the issue is going to a gym. I don't think that it's people can't work out when they see dirt underneath their couch. I think there are people like that, but I think the majority of people love the flexibility of being able to work out at home. I think that the, the biggest thing is, is people just want variety and they want new innovation. And I just don't think that Peloton is doing it quick enough. And they've kind of lost the heart and soul of the company as far as like all the things that used to bring us together, having those events where we could all see each other for, you know, once a year and know that we were out there and have all these contacts. That's it's kind of going away. Uh, And I just even if there's a homecoming next year, I'm sure it'll still be an amazing event. I'm sure it'll still be an amazing time, but it'll just be different, right? Yeah, it's so big. I'm really fascinated to see what they do if they if homecoming goes back to an in-person event, how they accommodate as many people as would want to attend it now. I can't even imagine how they would structure that in a way that would still feel intimate on any level. Agreed. Yeah, I don't I don't think it can. And yeah. We we will see how that looks at that time. But uh, but this article goes into several examples of people who don't ride their Peloton anymore. It's also an awful image on the front of it. Yeah, um, it has- I think anytime you have a community this big, you're going to be able to find some people that have fallen out with it. Yeah. You know, like and the- even other connected fitness product owners like there are company owners of other connected fitness chimed in on my Instagram post saying this media is getting out of control. They just love to bash on Peloton. Yeah. So I feel like that that says a lot. I really yeah. do. The U.S. government spent two hundred and twenty thousand dollars on Peloton exercise equipment. I was so fascinated by this. Uh, so several several different. Uh, so TMZ. They've they somehow got a hold of federal procurement what documents. They do, oh, man. I know, I know, and it appeared to be all bikes, but the Agricultural Research Sen- uh, Service bought some. Mm-hmm. Um, and let's see, there were uh, Pel- <laughs> they didn't spell Peloton correctly. I just saw that. Um, well, it is iHeart. <laughs> this is true. Uh, they bought items that were labeled as pre-core, and, and they also uh, bought. 
the Army and Immigration Accounting had several of the purchases. Air Force bought some of them. Uh, the FBI bought some of them as training aids. <laughs> Which makes sense. I mean, absolutely, uh, the, it does. You know, the FBI are supposed to be in shape. I have a friend who was a criminal investigator for the IRS, and mm-hmm. they had access to a gym. They they need. They are expected to maintain a certain level of fitness. And honestly, like it's not like Peloton bikes are radically more expensive than other brands of bikes at this point. So it while it might sound like this crazy expenditure, I mean, first off, $220,000 to the federal government is nothing. Pretty sure that's like a morning cup of coffee. Yeah. But also, I mean, if you want the law enforcement officials to be in shape, then they need to have access to things. And it seems to make sense to provide them with Peloton products since it's so popular and engaging. Why, why avoid it just because it's beloved? I totally agree. I just thought it was uh, it was interesting. I wasn't trying to make any political statement. Oh, other totally. Than I just I, I just know somebody out there is gonna like that's wasteful. <laughs> yeah, it's, like I just okay. thought it was interesting. <laughs> I love getting hard data like that. You know. Yeah. So Apple TV now supports Apple Watch in Peloton classes. Yeah. So a while back, we, you know, you started to be able to see it on all the Peloton equipment. Now you've got it on your uh, Apple TV. It's native. So you're going to be able to just pop in and it'll connect just as easily as it does to the rest of your equipment. A lot of people out there have Apple TV and they're very excited about it. I just want to note that if you only have the Apple TV app, that is not the same as having the actual Apple TV. Good so, to know. Mm-hmm. Katie Norris sent that in. So thank you, Katie. Peloton Artist Collaboration. Peloton announced their Rock 22 challenge (laughs) classes things. Yeah, I don't really get what all this is about. I don't I don't know if it's because it's summer and they're trying to like pull in maybe from because Coachella is now and this but I don't I think don't these know. bands were playing Coachella I mean no they're not I don't maybe because summer summer rock anthems like I don't I don't know what's do you happening. think it's like bands that wouldn't agree or they <laughs> or they didn't think deserved a full class like I don't oh god I, I hope I mean, not well Def Leppard I think definitely could do a, a full class fallout boy Hendrix chili peppers for sure I don't know that the average Peloton user wants of corn class like that seems a little hard for the uh, same with iron maiden like there's a lot of people that do yeah i mean I've iron heard... maiden would be difficult to do a class to because you'd only could play like two songs why their songs are like eight minutes long oh like all their songs are, oh are, i got gotcha. you with the exception of like i think somewhere in times like three and a half minutes but most of their songs if you're going to go with rhyme of the ancient mariner or two minutes to midnight like they're you seven, seven i i know my maiden okay like, okay okay they, they're like seven eight minutes okay. long it's okay yeah i got it now <laughs> sorry i i uh i let the genie out of the bottle yes. put it back in sorry um <laughs> at any rate well it's just interesting because it's all these classes but then it says it's 100 plus classes which makes it sound like there's a whole bunch of bands but it's it's the bands you see listed here, which is not insignificant. I don't sure. mean it to sound like that. Yeah. But it's got to be one of these classes to count towards the challenge. The challenge is 22 days. Uh, you have to take a certain number of classes for these to count. And it's got to be from the collection. If it's not in the collection, it doesn't count. Okay. So I say that because there has been all kinds of complaining because people did not get that. Gotcha. Um, it was a little a little confusing. 
Because it sounds like all rock classes. Like when you just see totally. 22 days, all rock, one challenge, like you can take any class, right? And they call it rock 22. Yeah. Right. Totally. But no. So between April 16th and May 7th, if you take one of the classes in the collection every day, uh, you can reach gold status on your challenge. Otherwise, you just get the regular old badge, just the regular badge gotcha. for Rock 22. I was really hoping for that that <laughs> Iron Maiden yoga class. Uh, there, there are definitely some interesting yoga classes that are coming out of this collection that I am very interested in taking for sure. Uh, so yeah, definitely. Very cool. I am enjoying it. I took one of the uh, rock classes today. I took Bex Gentry's rock class from Saturday and uh, it was good. It was really good. And then as part of the Samyo did uh, an IG live with Def Leppard. He did. And I love this picture because he was waiting on his IG live date. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he had flowers ready for his date. Um, but uh, Def Leppard was on Peloton live. They had a whole big conversation. Who's the lead singer, honey? I figure, you know, from Def Leppard, the guy with the blonde hair. Oh, um, he has a name that sounds like another band. Um like totally it's not Billy on. Joel, but it's like, like my name's Billy Joel, but it's not Billy Joel. I know. I'm totally blanking on his, <laughs> on his, uh, his name. Hang on. Okay. Like all I could think was, uh, Steve Clark, who was the guitar player, but he's passed away. Joe Elliott is the lead singer. Joe Elliott. Yes. That's not who I was thinking of. <laughs> well, then I don't know who was on the IG live with, uh, Sam Yo, but it was some guy that yeah. is purportedly in Def Leppard. Yeah, <laughs> I thought I was the lead singer. Um, yeah, I don't know my Def Leppard. I could tell you what they look like in the 80s. <laughs> I can't tell you what they look like in the 2020s. At any rate, you would have let them pour some sugar on you. Fuck yeah. <laughs> in the 80s. In the 80s. Before although, you were married. Although I would have been a little young. Well, it was the 80s. It was. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a great song, though. We went to go see them not too long ago. Uh, it's it was, been like seven or eight years at this point. But yeah, it was them and Tesla and Sticks, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah it was a good it's show. fun night. Past guest update. Couple of updates on past guests here. We have uh, CJ Albertson was in the Boston Marathon. Yes, this was his second try at the marathon last year in November. Uh, he ran and he was like in the lead for like 21 crazy miles. Yeah. And uh, he ended up uh, losing the lead and came in 10th. And uh, this year he came in 11th um, and he said that he was super disappointed. But I will also say he did a really good job of kind of holding back this time. Like he didn't just take the lead and just stay there. Right. Uh, he was like trying to take the lead and get some distance on the downhills. Um, but his his uh, times were crazy during his last practice runs. Five minute average, 432. Like he was he was killing it. Um, and he said he was very disappointed. But. I, I also think that he got a better time on this Boston Marathon than he did the last time. It just ever, other people did, too, unfortunately. Gotcha. So. That's interesting that he improved, but came in 11th instead of 10th, not to disparage that. But yeah, but that he actually ran faster, though. He did. He yeah. did. Uh, not as fast as he did during this practice run. But man, he is he is an incredible runner. I yeah. have no doubt. Keep your eye on that CJ Albertson. He is going to he's going to be a winner one of these days. 
also had to share that uh, Sports Insider magazine. I don't know if you remember this gentleman, but he was one of our, our guests. He was, I do. He was our only guest from Germany yes. thus far. And uh, he he was at the Boston Marathon and uh, he was got one of the finisher medals. So very cool. Congrats. And also Allie on the run was there. She was. And not only was she there, but she was also the MC, the announcer. Right. They had her at the last minute. They also asked for her to be the on-air TV announcer oh, wow. as well. She said uh, in her Instagram post today that it only ended up being about five minutes of time. But I saw her out there and yeah. uh, she was doing great. She got to meet all of the winners, of course, as they came across the finish line. So very cool. And uh, she's hinting at uh, this led to some other really big life changing news, but she hasn't shared yet what that might be. So lots of really cool news coming out of the Boston Marathon. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. In case you missed it. Mother's Day is just around the corner and Peloton has revealed, quote unquote, new. <laughs> yeah, they did. They, well, and it's a Mother's Day collection. So there's like a Mother's Day shirt and there's like some really cute joggers, yada, yada. But then they also have the um, they're like floral spring florals. And <laughs> I got to looking at it and I thought, well, that looks just like what I had last year for what is it? Um, Asian Pacific Islanders Month. That's the one. Yeah. And then I was I was looking, and it was happened to be exactly a year ago that we were having our house reorganized, and when we did that, I purchased the set last year. So the black one looks almost identical yeah. to this black one. My theory is that they had another one lined up, and for whatever reason backed off of it last minute i don't think there's going to be an asian tell me how to say asian it pacific islander there's too many there's too many words there asian <laughs> pacific islander month is i think that peloton is not going to be celebrating it this year or or they're not going to have clothing specifically for it um but i think see i think this is another berry change i think this is another berry change it's right here hard not to see it that way when it looks just like last year's yeah yeah um, so we'll see the guide has uh, split programs. Yeah, we knew these were coming, but this is this is pretty cool for people who are looking to lift heavier, more of a traditional style of strength training. There are uh, three day programs and five day programs. There's intermediate and advanced. Maddie Majacomo teaches, Adrian teaches, Callie Gulickson teaches and Robin teaches. So make sure you check out those if you're looking to lift heavier. Christine D'Ercole has a reflection ride for you. Yes, it's a new it's going to be a four part series. And this is all about just taking the class. No numbers, no leaderboard, no competing, just taking the class. And so uh, she loves doing these classes. People have loved them since the beginning. They start on demand Thursday, April 21st. So by the time this episode drops, it will be there waiting for you. And uh, Selena Samuela has a tread boot camp series. Yeah. So because of the Rock 22 challenge that just came out, yes. there is a new Rock That boot camp series. And there's going to be several of the different classes are going to have, quote unquote, the best rock music in the industry. And uh, this is going to be perfect for boot camps that you are looking to take and be able to PR. So pretty exciting. Peloton Birthdays. And finally, we have one birthday this week, and it is from none other than John Foley. Happy birthday, John Foley. I hope that it will be a better year next year. 
And well, this next 365-day yes. cycle is what I meant to say. And uh, if you're keeping track, his birthday is on April 28th, so feel free to say hello. Yes. Checking in with the Peloton community. So joining us today via the magic of ZoomTube is Clint Harp. If you're familiar with his work, and I think a lot of you are, you probably were first introduced to him on, well, I guess it wasn't the Magnolia Network at the time. What was it? Uh, that would have been uh, back on HGTV with Fixer Upper. Yeah. Yes. There we go, Fixer yes. Upper. And yeah. now you got your own show called Woodwork. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Clint well, Harp. So that was the step. Technically, Uh-oh. that was the second one that I, was, that I had on my own. Really? Okay. So what was Fixer the first Upper. one you had on your own? So I, there was a flash in the pan little thing that I did called Against the Grain. Okay. And that led to woodwork. And then that basically led into the Chip and Joe forming the Magnolia Network and taking over what was the DIY network. And meaning like when I was doing woodwork, that kind of was all going on behind the scenes. And my show Woodwork was on the DIY network. Well, little did I know that Chip and Joe were about to take over the DIY network. And because, you know, all the important meetings behind doors with suits and stuff, I'm not in those rooms. So, right, you know. right. And so they all of a sudden I hear, oh, they're starting the Magnolia network. Oh, great. And then my show doesn't get picked up <gasps> for more on the DIY network. And so I start thinking, hmm, what am I going to do? You know, and uh, start thinking about making my own stuff. And then I get a phone call saying, hey, from an old executive at the DIY network and the and HGTV, Sarah, she calls me and says, Hey, I'm now working at the Magnolia network and Chip and Joe want to you to do a, a new show on the Magnolia network. <gasps> and that is what is now restoration road with Clint Harp. So Yay! <laughs> <laughs> talk about Venn diagrams. Yeah. <laughs> that was quite the journey. It was yeah, yeah. a little warm-up convo when we were talking about Venn diagrams that so you can make one. And that that's just a couple parts of it. That's not even the whole thing. So yeah, actually, yeah. while you're while you're kind of on that subject, I was reading when I was uh, kind of do I was reading about your background and I was reading that you actually met Chip at a gas station. Is that yeah. is that accurate? <laughs> you know, you never know what to believe out there whenever you read articles. Oh, so. yeah, 100 <laughs> percent. Yeah. No, thank you for asking. Uh, that is actually 100 percent true. So my wife and I, before we lived in Waco, we both went to Baylor. But then after Baylor, uh, we traveled all around um, the world, really. We lived in Florida. We lived in Dallas. We lived in the Netherlands. We lived in Paris. We lived back in Dallas. And then we lived in Houston. And by the time we got to Houston, I was in medical sales, hated my life, decided to do something different. I'm giving you the, you know, the quick version, <laughs> but decided to do something different with my wife. And together, we decided to go on a journey that we were just going to like totally take 180 degree turn, you know? And so I quit my job in medical sales, which was very comfortable, you know, six figure kind of situation. And with her, we decided, okay, I'm going to quit that. And I'm going to jump into the garage. I'm going to start building furniture and we're going to make this little company. She's going to focus on the home goods side. I'm going to focus on the furniture. And of course, everything didn't necessarily work out exactly how you would like, you know, plan for it. But that was kind of the original idea. And then well, yeah, I would think that like you were not like, you know what? Woodworking is my pathway to TV. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the funny thing. Like I have to tell that to people. Oftentimes I have to say that, like, I do want y'all to understand there was never a thought of TV in my mind. Yeah. You I mean, know how what could I mean? Like, I would, you were just doing what right. you loved, right? Yeah. 
yeah, I was doing what I loved. And I was also just trying to survive because I felt like my old life was killing me because I was sure. waking up doing something that I hated. I totally and, get that. It's soul crushing when yeah. you hate your job. Yes. It's soul crushing. That's the words that I use. Soul crushing. That's it. I feel you. Yeah, <laughs> you know, all, so much. All I can all I can think of is and Crystal will know exactly where I'm where I'm going with this. There's a scene in the original Muppet movie where they they pick up Gonzo hitchhiking on the side of the road, and they're and he's like, "Where are you going?" And they're like, "We're going to Hollywood to break into movies." Where are you going? And he's like, we're, "I'm going to Bangladesh to break into movies." And they're like. But, but we're going to Hollywood. And he's like, well, sure, if you want to do it the easy way. <laughs> that is awesome. I've never heard that. I probably saw and just forgot about well, it. Well, you'll, you'll learn about Tom through this conversation. Everything goes back to pop culture. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I love it. It's a tick. I can't help it. <laughs> uh, I understand that. Well, so anyway, so we decided to do that. And then along the way, Kelly decided that she wanted to go back and get her master's. She's this like the studious and really, you know, really hyper intelligent one in our family. You know, she just loves she's a student all the time, loves to learn and loves to listen and and everything. And so she decides to go back and get her master's. Well, she looks all over the country and finds one back at Baylor at our alma mater. And I mean, we looked all over the country. She did, you know, and and so I was like, you know, this will be perfect because wherever you apply, you'll get a full ride. And that's where we'll, you know we'll just go, Oh, well, that's where we're going to move to. Cause we knew we didn't want to stay in Houston anymore. She sure enough, she got accepted to Baylor and they sent a, an email saying you've been accepted on a full ride to the, you know, master's degree program in American studies, blah, blah, blah. Wow. And so we looked at each other and we're like, okay, well, I guess we're moving to Waco. <laughs> and so I have to figure out what I'm going to do now, because I know we're going to live in an apartment next to campus. And I don't know, you know what I'm going to do. Well, my grandmother used to work for Jimmy Carter back in Atlanta. I'm originally from Georgia. You can see my, my sweatshirt shirt here. Yeah. Nice. Georgia. Nice. Champs. Represent. And, uh, and so I'm originally from Georgia. My grandmother used to work for Jimmy Carter. And so I kind of had this thought, like, it was like, she was inspiring me. She's long gone, been gone for over a decade at this point. But it was like she was telling me from the other side of the grave, like, go volunteer with Habitat for Humanity. Just do that, which makes no sense when you've quit your job. You have a little money in savings. <laughs> sure. You barely know how to make furniture. You know what I mean? Like your wife's getting your master's like we do have children we have to feed. Right. You know? <laughs> Kids are and funny so, that way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so I decided, all right, I'm going to go and volunteer with Habitat. So I do that. When we get to Waco, I start volunteering with Habitat like it's a full time job every Monday through Friday. I just was there. Early on, we went to some friend's house that Kelly knew back in college. They still live in Waco. And when we were eating dinner with them, they said, hey, what are you going to do, Clint? And I was like, oh, I'm eventually I'm going to, you know, I want to start a shop and build furniture right now. I'm volunteering with Habitat. And they're like, oh, well, do you have a shop? And I was like, no. And they're like, well, you need to call this guy we know. He's a friend of ours. Really wonderful guy. He's I used to work for him. The husband was saying and he was like, he knows a lot of people in town and, and he's just really great. And uh, his name is Chip Gaines. And I was like, oh, OK. So he gives me this guy, Chip Gaines, his number and I call him, leave him a message and I don't hear back from him. <laughs> it, a month later, two months later, three months later, I have long forgotten about the converse, you know, the, the phone call. And now we've lived in Waco for about four months and my plan failed. Like volunteering doesn't play pay well. I don't know if y'all knew this or not, but yeah, there's not <laughs> I did, a big yeah. check attached to it. So we've got no money. We've run out of money. And I'm just like, this was really stupid. Why did I do this? And so I call Kelly one day from my car. I'm sitting out in front of this abandoned house, just like crying. And, and she's like, you know what? Let's go to the park. And I'm like, why? 
you know, I mean, like I need to go get a job somewhere. I like, this is, this was really stupid. I don't know why I quit a six figure job in sales. This was dumb. And she's like, no, let's go to the park. And I'm like, is there a job fair at the park today? That I don't know about? <laughs> what, you know what's going on? So we go to this park and the kids play for a while. Then we get back in the car at just a random amount of time. Like we didn't, we weren't like, let's go to the park for 30 minutes. Then we got to be back at, the, at home for this thing. No, it was just like, let's just go and we'll just leave whenever. So we leave the park after a random amount of time, get in the car and the gas light comes on as soon as I turn it on. And I'm like, oh, great. We have no money and we need to go get gas. <laughs> And so, you know, when that light comes on, you probably still have 30 to 50 miles, right? right. But for whatever reason that day, I was like, I mean, hey, we're broke. So let's just, if we're, if we're even more broke than we think, let's figure it out now, not when we're... Let's, right. let's fill it up. So at least you know you have gas to get where you need <laughs> yeah. to get while you figure out the rest. <laughs> yeah. So we go to this gas station and I'm sitting there, I put the pump in and I'm waiting for it to fill up and Kelly's sitting next to me and the kids are in the back. We're all quiet. And this black truck, as we're waiting for the tank to fill up, this black truck pulls in front of me and parks right on the other side, the side of the same pump as me. And as it went by our, like in front of our car, I looked on the side and it said Magnolia. And I was like, Kelly, isn't that the name of that company or that guy that I was trying to call and get a hold of, like Chip or something? And she was like, Yeah. And I was like, You know, I'm a football guy. Let's throw a Hail Mary and see who comes down <laughs> with the ball. You know, like who knows? Yes. And so I get out and I'm like, Hey, my name's Clint. And I was looking for some guy named Chip and I called you guys. I think he works for y'all. I'm not really sure, but I, I don't know. A friend gave me his number. I want to build furniture. And, and he stops me and he's like, Oh, I remember that phone call. And uh, yeah, I'm Chip. <laughs> and we just started talking right there at the gas station. And if you paid attention at all, you can tell that Chip likes to talk. What? Uh, yeah. <laughs> And now that you've met me for a few minutes, you realize I'm not short on words either. And so, so we're just gabbing and he's like, you know what, take your family home. And then why don't we hang out later today? And we don't know each other at all. Right. But I go over to his shop later that day and we hop in his truck and we drive around for three hours. What? And, and after that, he invited me over to their house a couple nights later with my family. And we all went over and had dinner. And he had mentioned in that three hour ride together that like his wife wanted someone to build furniture for this product line she was offering out of their house. And of course, I'm like, that's amazing. That's perfect. And he was like, you want to come over and have dinner and, and talk about it? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> let's do it. And so a couple nights later, we went over for dinner and and I met Joe and, and Kelly and I just had a wonderful evening talking with them and our kids played. And the next thing you know, she's asking me to build her some furniture and I've got no shop. So I'll go back to Habitat. And I'm like, of course, I've got no money. And I'm like, hey, I need a shop. And they're like, yeah, we've actually got a, a, an old shop here. Um, the director was telling me this. His name's John. And he's like, we've got this old shop in Waco. We don't use it anymore. And we'll rent it to you. And he's like, it's 1,600 square feet. And I'm, I'm like inside my head. I'm like, oh, God, I can't. There's no way I can. I mean, 1,600. I'm thinking a dollar per square foot, right? So like that's 1,600 bucks. If I get lucky and he he says 50 cents a square foot. That's 800. Half of that's 400. Like there, I don't, I can't afford any one of those. Right. <laughs> You're like, I have zero. Yes, I have zero. <laughs> and, but I don't tell him any of that. I just am like, okay. So, you know, I just kind of play along like, yeah, what would you want for it? And he's like, eh, how about like 25 bucks a month? What? Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> what? And, and that's when you address. realize that this charity for people who are down on your luck, you're like, oh shit, am I down on my luck? Yeah. <laughs> Is that? I am. I'm down on my luck. That's, I, yeah, I'm in the right place. And yeah, and that's, 
that the rest is kind of history. You know, that was, I quit my job in May of 2011. We moved to Waco in December of 2011. I met Chip at the gas station around March of 2012. I was building that furniture in the little shop. Well, not little, only 1600 square feet, that old habitat shop for Joanna for her first little offering. Well, not first, she'd been selling home goods out of her home every quarter, basically for years, but now she was adding like this furniture line. So that was like in May of 2012. And then in October of 2012, they were filming the pilot for Fixer Upper and I was playing along as Carpenter. My goodness. And then that premieres when? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like for real, like when did that officially oh, go? Oh, yeah, no. oh, when did it? I thought yeah, you were, I, think I was Crystal like, and I both were going yeah. for the, no, the no, 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 Tom. Come on. <laughs> so, but when did that start officially? So, May of, I believe I had this right. So, in, in 2012, the fall of 2012 is when they were filming the pilot, and I was set up in the driveway building stuff for the pilot and filming a couple scenes with Joe for that, which was really fun. And then in May of 2013, that's when the pilot aired. Okay. And then things really started to take off because people loved the pilot. Of course. And yeah. <laughs> so now the whole season is ordered. And now she's calling me, wanting me to do, you know, projects for the season. The whole time I'm at my shop, the old Habitat shop, and they've come over and filmed there and everything for season one. And, and, and now Habitat for Humanity is like, yeah, about this $25 a month. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't exactly. know what kind of shit you're trying to pull. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. But I still, that's literally, I can't even like afford that. The funny thing is I tell this whenever I talk like home shows across the country, I go and tell the story. And, and part of what I tell them is like one of the behind the scenes things that you'll never see is while we were filming that pilot, I was checking my phone for responses to job applications that I had sent out because yeah, like even in the midst of that, like I had, we had nothing. I mean, yeah. it's still it, like, I'd sold a little bit of furniture with Joe, but like, you know, a ton, not enough for me to, to justify, okay, this makes sense. I'll just keep doing this forever. And I'd gotten a couple jobs around town and things like that, but like, yeah, not enough it's to be way, like, suck it, it Pfizer. Yeah. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> by the way, it is President's Day and, and it's a day off for my kids. So if you hear stuff in the background, that's them just having a good old time back there. So they're going to make this soundtrack today. <laughs> Anyways, so yeah, so people don't realize that like I was literally like checking the phone all the time. I even had a conversation with Joe about it. I was like, hey, I just want you to know, like, I hope this thing takes off, but I don't know if I'm going to be able to do any more with y'all. Cause I, I literally am like, I'm applying for jobs. Cause I just, I've got to figure this out, you know? So anyways, but thankfully I have a really bad resume apparently because no one called me back and yeah, <laughs> that's pretty awesome. And so we kind of cruise on. Well, so fast forward now we're filming the show and in first seasons rolling along. Well, the whole time I'm at my shop there on Hab at, at Habitat, the old Habitat shop, there's this house next door to it that I would see every day. And it was this big, white old farmhouse, but it was now like a crack house and it's not a great place at all. And I would look at it every day and I would go, man, you know, eventually we're going to turn some of the shop here that, that we have into a storefront. And so people can come and shop here and they're probably not going to want to come here if this crack house is next door. So maybe I should buy that and, you know, like turn it into a rental or something just so it cleans it up a little bit and, you know, whatever. Well, one day we're literally setting up the film for picture the crew's over there joe's coming over like the whole thing and this guy that owns that crack house he comes over and he says hey clint if you'll buy my house 
before Christmas, which was in 10 days. If you'll buy my house before Christmas, I'll sell it to you for $10,000. What? And it's a, you know, 2,800 square foot farmhouse. And I'm like, I don't have $10,000, but yes. <laughs> and at this point, I had become friends with a banker in town that Chip introduced me to, and his name was Joe. And he's a great guy. And apparently he's not a great banker though. Cause he was like, yeah, sure. We'll loan you money. I'm like, I have nothing. I just want you to know that, you know? And so he loans me the money and we, and so we now we're going to close in this house in 10 days before Christmas. Well, a couple of days after that conversation, right before we close, Kelly sees Joe at target in the parking lot. And Joe's like, what are y'all up to? And Kelly's like, Oh, you know, that house next to Clint's shop, that crack house. She's like, yeah, I know the one. She's like, yeah, we're buying it. We're going to turn it into a rental. And Joe was like, we need to do it for the show. <laughs> and, and she was like, I don't know. I'll talk to Clint because, you know, we're just going to turn into a rental and he's going to do all the work. I don't know. I'll need to talk to Clint. And Joe was like, let me talk to Clint. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, the rest is kind of history on that one. And we ended up doing it for the show. So, yeah, that's awesome. There you go. So here's my question. It's been if you look at your calendar, almost 10 years to the day since you met Chip Gaines at the wow. gas station. So yeah. did he ever tell you why he didn't return your phone call? <laughs> No, I just knew <laughs> he, he's too busy. He's crazy busy. And he probably was just like, who in the world is this fool calling me on my phone? You know, like giving me this long story about, you know, building stuff with his granddad when he was a kid. And I mean, it was a long message. I'm sure he was like, what is this? <laughs> yeah. I have another question, though. Did I also read accurately that you guys have since then moved and put that house up for sale? Is that accurate or do you still live there? We don't live there anymore. We did put it up for sale just because the housing market here was pretty insane. So we yeah. thought, you know, I mean, we could, we'll try. But this was after running it as an Airbnb for a couple of years. Oh, cool. And uh, then we were like, it didn't, it didn't really work out. And we were like, you know what, let's just keep running it. And so we're, we're running it again as an Airbnb and it's going great. We love it. And it's, you know, it's actually a part of our business. We use it for photo shoots and we use it for meetings when people aren't staying there. So it really has turned out like to be awesome. But now, you know, the full story, which is it's right there next to my shop. <laughs> so you can imagine after living there for two years, right when Fixer Upper got hot, it became a really bad situation because we're like in the driveway, I'm playing basketball with my son yeah. and they're like, you know, people coming over, they're like, Hey, can we take a selfie? And I'm like, oh my I gosh. Love doing this, but just not when I'm playing with my kids. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure it's fun. Like the first time. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, Oh, someone oh that's knows exciting. And then yeah. you're like, okay, okay. I want to, this is my house, my time, my space. <laughs> that's right. Where it really came in handy. There were two times where it really came in handy. Both times it was when, people had come that you were like, I've got to go meet them. The first one, all of a sudden, Laura Bush, who, you know, lives down in Crawford, they get a phone call and they're like, Laura Bush, first lady, she's here. Would you like to stop by? I'm like, it's like a Saturday. I'm on the couch with, you know, laying down watching cartoons with my kids. I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, I ran over there. And then the other time was Susie Orman all of a sudden flew in on a, a private plane and, and they were like, hey, do you know Susie Orman? And I was like, yes, I know Susie Orman, of course. And so I like got dressed really quick and ran over. Both of these were times when it was like a Saturday. It was so random. So that was when it came in handy. But other than that, it it was not a good situation. Were you like, Susie, a private plane isn't very financially responsible. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know that. That's... Yeah. Yeah. She, man, I got, I tell you what. She, so she was there with her wife and it was so awesome to meet them. And of course, they had a couple people on their team. And, and like the energy field around that woman is the most intoxicating. You're just like in person. You were just like, 
who are you? Like, why are you able to like make me feel so like Kelly and I both felt this way because we were just like, we feel so inspired to just go and take on the world. I mean, she is just there are some people that just give that aura and like and it's not just like like, oh, if you're a celebrity, then you must have that aspect because they're like my day job. I end up meeting lots of famous people. I book concerts for a living. And so, okay. okay. So, and I, the marketing guy, so I run the meet and greet. So like I, you know, and it's gotcha. like, but I mean, me, lots of famous people that don't have that, but every once in a while you meet one that it's just like next yes. level. And I, for me, and it's not even somebody that I necessarily ag- agree with, but like Glenn yeah. Beck was like, <laughs> oh. it, the way oh, he worked gosh. a room and like when he looked at you, you felt like he was looking into your soul. Like I've <laughs> never felt anything like it in my life it was insane with a dark vision no, like it wasn't i don't even mean it as a, like as in like a quote unquote oh he's evil but i mean like he was super nice and it was yeah. just like when he looked at you and talked to you there was just uh-huh. something that, like you felt like you were the only person in the world wow. kind of magnetic wow. yeah it was wow. charged weird. yeah <laughs> that, is, that is weird that's not definitely not what i would expect out of him but it is weird i mean because you just there are also all these personas and things that people sure. give off and you meet them one-on-one and you're like, wait a second. That's <laughs> not what not I expected. Right. Yeah. Any, yeah. It can go any direction. It can. Yeah. Totally. Sometimes it's good. And yeah, sometimes yeah. it's not yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> Most people walk away from meeting me and they're like, God, he's a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> he was so nice on the show. What happened? No. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. Peloton. Oh, so yeah. We- <laughs> Peloton. <laughs> <laughs> when yes. did you end up getting your bike? Like, when did you fall in love with the the brand and you were like, I need to take this bike home? So the thing for me is that I have always been like a cardio junkie. I love cardio. I love movement. I run all the time. That was really my first love is running. And I've run a few marathons in my life and, and half and, you know, some other races and stuff. And I just, I really love, love running. And there, as things really took off with Fixer Upper and stuff like that, and Waco's not a huge town, you know, it became a little bit problematic because my schedule all of a sudden now is like weird. I'm traveling around, speaking at a home show. And, and sometimes my schedule is like, I need to work out at like, you know, 11 o'clock in the morning and on a Tuesday or something. And which feels weird because like, I've got a shop and I've got people working there, but then it's like, I've got stuff going on all through the night or like, I'm about to head out and travel for my show or whatever. Anyway. So like life kind of got weird. And then like, I was also getting noticed around town. And, and so running it like in the middle of the day was not like great. If I could get up super early, then that was great. But in the middle of the day, it was a little bit weird. People so anyway, be stopping so you for like, selfies and <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, totally. And so I was kind of like, mm, what do I do? And cause we live in Waco, you know, we don't live like, so it's kind of like, what do I do here? And I don't want to get a treadmill cause I'd use a treadmill when I have to, when I travel and I, I go to cold places all the time with my new show. And, and so I use a treadmill that way, but I was like, I need something else. And I would ride my bike. I've been uh, riding a road bike for years, all the way since college. I love doing that as well. When we lived in Paris, I took my road bike with me and I read it all around Paris and, and I just, you know, love riding a bike. I started hearing about this thing called Peloton and I was like, this seems really cool. This is different, you know? And of course 
every garage sale has a stationary bike. Every single one of us, I'm sure, at least our age, at least, because we all went over to our grandparents' house and they had one in the basement and you played on it as a kid and it was just sitting there. No one ever used it. And so we have that stigma in our minds of like, is this just another thing that I'm going to buy? And then it's, you know, I'm like, no, I don't think so. Hear more about it. And I'm like, I don't know. And I start telling Kelly, I was like, Kelly, I think this could be pretty cool. I think I might really like it. And it would give me something, a way to work out like at weird hours and not feel like I'm running around town, people seeing me and everything, you know, and it can meet my schedule and the whole thing. So Kelly and I go on a weekend trip to Dallas and we stay at some hotel and it was like a pretty nice hotel. And I went down to work out and it was really cold. And I was like, okay, I'm not going to run outside. I'm just going to go around a treadmill. And I go down and they had a Peloton. Oh yeah. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I think I'm going to give this a shot. And well, I mean, I, you were in pharmaceutical sales, you know, like the first one's free. Well, he was in medical know? sales. I don't think so. <laughs> That's exactly right. That's exactly right. It's a little taste. <laughs> and so I jumped on and uh, I jumped on with uh, good old Alex Toussaint. Oh, that and was your first ride? Oh, wow. I'm, I'm like almost positive if I recall back because I don't think I had set up my account. I think it was just like a guest ride. And so um, and so I I did one with Alex and I immediately, I was like, okay, this is happening. I've got to get one of these. I went up to our room in the hotel. I was like, Kelly, that was so fun. It was amazing. I don't ride my road bike as much around town because Waco's not perfect for that kind of thing. And, you know, I don't want to get hit by a car. I've had a couple of friends get hit by cars. Totally scary out like, there. Yeah. And uh, that's not a good thing. And so I was like, I want to do this. And so I didn't get it immediately because, uh, you know, they're, you know, they're not cheap, right. obviously. And, and so I saved up and waited and then I got it. And <laughs> I think that was like three years ago or something like that. And I've, I mean, I've worn that thing back there. I've worn it into the <laughs> ground. Yeah. That's exciting. It was pre-pandemic, obviously, though. Oh, yeah. 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 That's it maybe cool. four years. I can't even remember. I, it, it says on my profile, I guess, or something. I don't, I don't know. I've had it for a while, but. I might be a little obsessed with mine. I know exactly what date I got mine. Yes. I know the date I got mine. I know the date I got my tread. I'm a little obsessive about these details. You got the tread. I do okay. have the tread. Yeah. And actually, it's funny because Peloton has kind of turned me into a runner. I met all these people through the Peloton community. And I, had, like Tom, had never exercised regularly in my adult life. Yes. I had exercised, but never like yeah. into it. But Peloton just got me so hooked on having fun in my workouts. And yes. then I started meeting yeah. all these people who were like participating participating in Ironmans and triathlon, other kinds mm -hmm. of triathlons and, and marathons. And so they kind of just encouraged me to do things. And so I somehow ended up <laughs> participating in a relay iron, half Ironman in Atlantic City, running a half marathon for my first event ever. Like oh, I go from yeah. never having done anything to then participating in a relay at a half Ironman in Atlantic City, which was a blast. Yeah. But I really learned to love to run. And I wouldn't yeah. do it if I didn't have a treadmill because we live in St. Louis, Missouri, and we have a lot of hills around our house. And okay. um, and also the weather is not exactly conducive no. all the time. It's either boiling hot or freezing cold. <laughs> yeah. And it's yeah. icy. <laughs> yeah. I know. I worked many summers in Missouri and that's where I started riding a bike. And yeah, I know it's yeah. Very humid and humid. Hot. I yeah. always say it's it's sometimes you walk outside and it's like being in a mouth, but not in a good way. <laughs> That's a, that's, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I have no follow up to that. <laughs> it. That was it. <laughs> 
so, I'm glad it got you into running though, because running is my jam, and I have a T-shirt on under here. It's kind of like my hashtag with everything is love, build, run. And oh, so, oh, nice. Like, life, love, build, run, and so that's my Peloton name as well. It is. Oh, well, yeah. I guess it's okay to share on the show. That was one of the questions I had for you, but I guess. <laughs> oh, it's sure. Okay. Yeah, no, that's fine with me. I love the community. I know, you know, it's so. I I feel really safe within the community because it's like it's just a bunch of people on there riding bikes and having a good time, and and so run is in my name because really I just that is my first love. I, I love running and, and, but the, I, I ride that I'm now riding the bike as much as I run easily. Yeah. Wow. Now, do you know how many bike rides you've done since you got your bike? Yeah. Oh, I'm over 700. Nice. Yeah. Very yeah. nice. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't understand the people that are like 6,000. I, I don't like, what do you do? I, <laughs> Okay, so way back when we started the the podcast in 2017, yeah. we interviewed. God, it's, it was a while in, like 2018. We interviewed Laura Pug. She is the first person in the entire community to reach 1,000 rides. Okay. And, uh, and at the time, that was just like felt but, insurmountable. But you yes. have to you have to know through the history of Peloton. Back then, they only produced 45 minute rides. There were no 20 minute rides. There were uh-huh. no there were no warm ups. There were no cool downs. It was 45 minute rides. That was it. So you she thousand forty. Good. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought you were gonna say she, but she racked them up because no. she did 20. Nope. No. <laughs> Those, and so now when you see people that have done 6,000, it's a different kind of 6,000. It's, right. it's no less of a, you know a milestone. It's still an amazing achievement to get on the bike yeah. that many times yeah. regardless. But yeah, they do right. they do stack 20 minute rides and a warm up and a cool down. That looks very different than what she did. She still has one of the top counts like across Peloton, but it's different now. <laughs> so yeah. she was one of the OGs. She yeah. was one of the people that bought. I was going to say like most of my rides are 45 minutes or 30. And back during the pandemic, I feel like I had to pair a couple rides together. So I feel like I was doing more to get to 45 because usually I try and work out for at least 45 minutes. And so like if I just do a 30 minute ride, it's probably because I'm then going to go out and and run two miles to like do a little cross training. Yeah. And that's the other um, thing too. People who, who get those really high ride counts, they're not cross training. They only ride the bike, you know, and I think that's important for people to remember too. Yeah. I, I, if I were to do that, I would have like opposite Popeye situation. You know what I mean? Like, I do. Yeah. I do. It would just blow up. I don't know. Cross training is important. It would not be a good look for me. Yeah. Open I, a can of spinach with your feet. Like, I mean, that's a great question. You got a plan for things like that. I like the way you think. Yeah. Yeah. My streak that I'm most proud of, though, I mean, I, I'm very proud of over 700 rides. As you should be. But my, I, I think I'm like, let's see, 118 or 19 or something weeks in a row. Wow. So that, of course, the pandemic helped with that. Sure. You weren't you traveling know, as much then. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah, nobody ever talks about the upside of, of pandemics. Right. That's a nice yes. take. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And I definitely have some like funny stories along the way of like, you know, traveling and needing to find a Peloton and finding one and getting in a quick ride, like right on the last day of the week, just because I kind of became obsessed with this, like I'm getting close to a hundred weeks in a row. Like I want to get there. And then I got to a hundred and I was like, wait, 104 would be two years. <laughs> <laughs> now you're going so, for three. <laughs> yeah. So now I'm just, I'm just, I'm, I'm 
I'm continuing on and I'm having a blast yet, but I love it. I just, I love them all. I love the instructors. I love just the whole community. I know there's all this stuff in the news right now about like, you know, is it going to get bought and blah, blah. And I'm just like, look, as long as this thing keeps turning and my instructors are still on the screen, like, I don't care just because that's what it is for me. I mean, it's this yeah. amazing community high five and, you know, I just, uh, it's, it's a blast. And, you know, we talk about that all the time because obviously with what we do, you know, we uh, we talked a lot about all the sure. corporate machinations at play. Yeah. But, you know, we we did try to make the larger point that, like, that's not most people's relationship with mm-hmm. Peloton. Most right. people's relationship with Peloton is I get on my bike or my tread and I do my class and I like my instructors and that's all I really care about. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, the, you know, I, I said on a previous episode, people aren't if you offer them Coke or Pepsi, they're they're not like, well, I, what did Coke close at yesterday on the <laughs> on the, the Dow like that's yeah I need, yeah. need some more details yeah need some more info <laughs> like, before right. I... <laughs> as long as I crack that top and it tastes like coke I don't really care there you, there go. you go yeah, yeah. exactly mm-hmm. and speaking of do you have a favorite instructor oof now that's a tough one because okay. I have a lot let's start with an easier one do you have a favorite child <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly yeah <laughs> Well, I, I had so well. I started with Alex, right? And by the way, huge props to him for his, his NBA. NBA. That was yeah, so that was cool. cool. The All Star Game. I was like, that is so awesome. Did you watch the whole game? No, I didn't even know. I, you know, I have three kids. We're running around, and like, I hear it's. I didn't even realize it was on. And all of a sudden, I get on, and it, and it was like he won. And I remembered he was doing it, and I just, you know, got busy with our life and everything we're doing, and. Solidity won MVP and I had taken his, it was either, I think I either took a ride or he said something on Instagram or something where he was like, Oh, y'all just watch. I mean, you know, like in his way, like he's not, he's just, you know, he's sure of himself and everything, but he's not being like braggadocious or anything. I don't think he just was like, no, I'm going to go out there and make it. I'm going to do it. (laughs) And then he did. I goes out and gets MVP. I was like, yes. I was so excited. I really love Alex a lot. I've so my main instructors over the years have been Alex and Allie and Emma and Dennis and Ben and Robin and Hannah Frankson. Now I'm starting to branch out even more. I finally doing like the power zone situation. It took me forever. It took situation. me over seven to rise to finally even realize that you could turn on the power zone bar. I didn't know what it was. Like, oh, okay. That's cool. And I did, you know, they're really good. Most of them are really good about connecting with you on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And so I reached out to, I've, you know, just made a couple comments to a few of them. And one time I wrote Emma Lovewell and I was like, Hey, that's something she said was like really funny. And I saw this, I like DM'd her on Instagram. And she was like, Hey, you know, my partner and I, we took some inspiration from you and we're building. And I was like, wait, you know who I am? And I literally like, I like walked out the door. I was like, Kelly, Emma Lovewell knows who I am. A Peloton instructor knows who I am. Oh my gosh, he's one of us, Tom. He's one of us. I love it. Oh, he's one of you. But she is just, she was the kindest person. And uh, we ended up uh, getting to go out to dinner with Kelly and I and, and her and Dave, we got to go to dinner when we were in New York City this past summer because we just connected a few times and they were just great. So, you know, Emma for sure is, you know, one of my favorites because, you know, I consider her a friend. And right now I'm doing the uh, crush your core thing. And I wrote her on Instagram and I said, I'm going to do this, but I hate you when I do it because yeah. it just hurts so much. Right. Like, <laughs> right. Yes. I, I just want you to know, you make me really mad every class. So, uh, Are you doing crush your core one or two? I'm doing two. 
Just curious. Or two. Yeah. And which are great for me when I travel because oh, I'm yeah. traveling all the time to, for my show. So those are like great for me to knock out my room or the boxing classes or the, you know, the cardio, you know, classes you can do just right there in your room. If there's not really a good gym situation or not one at all, and there's ice on the ground because I'm up in Connecticut or whatever, and it's, you know, snowing everywhere. So it really has changed my life for being able to, I can get what I need workout wise anywhere I am, no matter what. And that, that really is like incredible. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah, absolutely. So do you have any advice for people who are just now entering the world of Peloton? Gosh, well, you know, I mean, first of all, do it. (laughs) If you're thinking about entering the world of Peloton, I, there's, I would say do it in a heartbeat. I mean, if you can scrape together the coins and, and make it happen, you know, do it. I've never been on the treadmill. I am sure it's amazing. So if that's what you're thinking, go do that. I'm most excited because I keep hearing about the rowing machine. I'm chomping at the bit. Like that's May 13th. May Is it May 13th? Mm-hmm. That's okay. the day it will I'm, be announced. That is the day it will officially be announced. Okay. and But not necessarily hitting the market at that No, point. no. Correct. That'll just yeah. be the day it's announced. And that'll be homecoming, which will be virtual. So. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm super excited about that. But yeah, I mean, I would just, the thing that everybody was so afraid of was, well, the announcers, they might call you out. <laughs> yeah. You've heard that. At the, and I'm like, they don't do that. Right. They don't, like. There was more of that when people were in the classes with them. Yeah. And I always got a kick out of that. Me too. You know, because Robin, she's not having it. No. I mean, <laughs> there were times when she, I would just start laughing because she's, somebody would like be doing something different or whatever. And she's like, no, not today. I am not the one. I am not. <laughs> Get back in the saddle or whatever. And there are some times when, when I'm riding and like, I'm a hill climber. So like, I love all the like climbs. That's, that's kind of my jam. And so it feels comfortable for me, more comfortable for me to get out of the saddle. And so when there is like a recovery time, I tend to like get out of the saddle and because that's just more comfortable for me. And there's a couple of times where I've gotten exhausted. I've just been in the saddle way too long and I'll get out and I just happen to match up with the instructor right when they say, don't even get out of that saddle. And I'm like, dad, how did you know you know and uh but they're not calling me out directly they're just you know whatever so but i have never seen anybody get called don't worry about that at all it's not intimidating and also try every class because i'm a creature of habit and i started doing like the same classes over and over and over again and later in my Peloton life here, 700 rides later, I'm really starting to try the different things. I remember when I finally did Tabata, you know, that I was like, oh, this was great. And then hit classes when I finally started doing hit, I now I love them. And then the power zone, you know, class, as I branched out and try new instructors, you just, you're going to find somebody that you just, you know, for lack of better terms, like fall in love with, you know, like you're just, you know, you're just like, I just love Alex. He's just great. Or, or Dennis, whether it's long hair or short hair, Dennis, I don't care. (laughs) It's like BJ Honeycutt with mustache or without mustache. Right. You're trying to, you pay enough attention to the the community that you know that that was a thing though. And I love that. I love that because that was a whole thing when Dennis cut his hair, like, yeah. Wow. Because <laughs> he had that whole. His hair was long as mine. <laughs> yeah. Well, who was that guy? Alexi, Alex, not Lawless. That's the soccer player. But 
there was an old show called Renegade, and he was also like in Greece too, I think. But there was this show called Renegade, and this guy he used to he was a bounty hunter, and he rode around on this motorcycle. And yeah, it's uh, I know who you're talking about. He, I mean, super attractive guy and everything. Adrian Zamed. Is that how? No, that's that's Greece too. I'm gonna Don't, have to look this up now. A whole it's podcast episode about Greece too. Like I. <laughs> I sat through that. Y'all probably a have a time. podcast about Greece or something. Yeah. Yeah. You want a yeah. weird piece of Greece trivia real quick? He's all no, yes. but okay. okay. So when they made Greece 2, they were going to make more. That was the plan. And so they okay. already had scripts in the works for Greece 3 and 4. And then Greece 2 came out and was awful. Nobody wanted to make it. So Greece, okay. the script for Greece 3 went in, the, went in a drawer. And like 15 okay. years later, they pulled it back out and they retooled it. And that script became High School Musical. No way. Yeah. Really? Yes. No, I did not. I did not see that. Yes. But Adrian Zemed is the guy with the long hair from from Greece. Oh, okay. No, it's Lorenzo Lamas. Lorenzo Lamas. Okay. I thought that name with the because you said the motorcycle and I was thinking. Yes. Yeah. Like you said, he's he's an attractive guy. He stuck around in my brain. I remember. I said Alexi Lawless. Yeah. So the first time I saw, please, I'm pulling up like, look, right here. (laughs) He's right there in the middle. Doesn't I see him. Yeah. Long hair Dennis vibes. Yes, yes, totally. Totally. Yeah. 100%. And so when he cut it, I was like, ooh, that's big time. That was yeah. dramatic there, Dennis. <laughs> but you know what? What I love about like the instructors is like there, there'll be times when I'm like in different moods or maybe I start to go like, you know what? My form is struggling a little bit. And so I'll, I'll like take a Dennis ride because I feel like Dennis is really like strong on form yes. and he's very like, Hey, this is, you know, do this, your shoulders, back, hips, you know, whatever. And if I get a little lazy there, then I'll do that. If I, you know, if I really want to get kicked in the butt, you know, I'll ride with Robin or like uh Kendall. Good grief. She just some of the hardest rides. She's yes. like a little thing of dynamite. Yeah. It's like, she's crazy. She will like really <laughs> wear you out. But you know, there's just like different things as you get to know the instructors. And that's the other thing for me that like, I just, yeah, I mean, I'm a huge fan. I really, I, there, I, there's really no other way to say it. I just am a huge fan. I love it. I love all of it. And I just am so thankful that they, they even, you know, came up with the idea because it has truly changed my life the way that I'm able to live my life because I just have this opportunity to do something like I love to sweat. I'm really able to like pour into it. I can compete. I love the leaderboard. I, you know, like I, I have a goal in mind of like, I want to be in the top this percentage, you know, of the ride and, or I want to reach this output. And I started doing the little, like, where, what is it where you ride? Like, what is, what is that called? They, they started it, not the like here now riders, but oh, the encore sessions, like sessions. Live sessions. sessions. Okay. Yeah. So like you have like a small refreshed leaderboard. Yeah. So I did that for a while, but then I kind of miss like riding with so many people. So I don't do that anymore, but it's still like, for me is either way, it was just kind of like competing, you know? And I mean, you know, I see like 70 year old guy and he's right there with me. I'm like, no, sir. (laughs) (laughs) Or, or worse, a 20 year old guy. And we're right there. And I'm like 44 dad. And I'm like, no, don't, you're not messing. No, dad is going to show you on this one. You're, well, you're the 70 year old in that equation. <laughs> like to him. Dang it, Tom. <laughs> Over you're the age right. of 40, we're all ancient. Yes, that's how that works. <laughs> to the kids. I, that way. I do have to point out Lorenzo Lamas was in Greece. He had a small role in Greece, but not Greece too. 
Oh, 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 oh okay. Not yeah. Greece too. Yes. Okay. So. Okay. I knew that name was not it when you said it. I was like, yeah. oh, no, that's not the one. Yeah. Thank you for clearing that up. <laughs> He had to. Yes. He had to. It was that's part. Well, of the because that's kind of my thing is I know the pop culture stuff. So like people would be like, uh, uh-uh, uh, I looked it up on IMDb. <laughs> so, and then Tom would be like, "Don't at me." Don't at me. <laughs> yes. if, if by the way, if I'm the only one that thinks Lorenzo Lamas looks like, you know, Dennis, I'm gonna feel really stupid. I you're, hope everybody. You're knows. not. You're yeah. not. I assure yeah. you. Yeah. yeah. Definitely yeah. not. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to join us. We really appreciate it. Before we let you go, just remind everybody yep. where they can find you and all your stuff. You you have all lots of places, I'm your sure. your Instagram and all yeah. the things. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Yeah. Well, so my show is Restoration Road with Clint Harp, and you can stream that anytime on the Magnolia Network with through Discovery Plus or uh, Magnolia actually has an app. And so you can stream it there as well with a subscription or if you have cable and you used to have the DIY network, then you can watch it there on Tuesday nights because um, the DIY network turned into the Magnolia network. So Tuesday nights, 9 Eastern, 8 Central, you can watch it there. Right now, the first season is running. And everybody's really confused because the first season streamed first. The pandemic threw everything off. Oh, yeah. yeah. The first season streamed first. And then it took forever for the actual TV you know, changeover to happen. So now that that's happened, the first season is happening again. So of course we're like new episode on, but it's first season. People are like, wait, I've already seen this. I'm like, yeah, oh, no, okay. but but we're filming season two uh, as we speak. I'm about to head out to Montana a week from today to film more. And uh, then, you know, my business, Harp Design Co., you can find us online, harpdesignco.com and order our furniture. I'm still making tables and home goods with my wife. And that's what we're doing. And then, uh, yeah, and you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Clint Harp official on Instagram and, uh, at Clint Harp. I think it's either at Clint Harp or at Clint Harp. I can't remember on Twitter, but, uh, I'm there as well. So yeah, thank you all so much for having me. This is really so fun. Of course, when you had Sarah from Pantsuit Politics on, she texted me and, and she was like, Hey, your name came up today. Uh, Cause we're friends and, and we're doing an event together here in Waco, uh, soon. And, with their podcast and and uh and she was like can i can i pass on your name your info and i was like yes absolutely <laughs> a, a Peloton podcast 100 percent. i'm so I'm glad she did i totally yeah. badgered her i was like but you can you can put us in touch right you can but you can do that right <laughs> but but back to clint we could do that right <laughs> uh, was, well so glad that you badgered and they're amazing pantsuit politics they, they are so- yeah Oh my gosh. We They're had a lot there. of fun talking to Sarah too. She totally. was really fun. Yeah. Yes. We tend there to have a lot of fun in general. We so try. It's pretty easy for us. But <laughs> I think you do. <laughs> yeah. Y'all y'all are pretty stinking fun. So. <laughs> That's going on our LinkedIn. So yeah. Much. Pretty stinking fun. Clint Harp. <laughs> Per Clint Hart. Yes. That'll be like at the bottom of like, you know, when you do the like the movies come out and they always yes. have the, what do they call those, Tom? You know, Posters? The, no. Whenever they have the little <laughs> words at the bottom. The blurbs? Yeah, never. The mind. reviews? Yeah, but they always like on the back of books. This has gone awry. Yes. Never. Yeah, I hear. I hear you saying. You know yeah. what I'm talking about? Yeah. The quote, yeah. the featured yeah. quote. Yeah. 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 The little blurb on the back. Yeah. yeah. It's like the clip out. Pretty stinking fun. Exactly. There we go. <laughs> yeah. it's I love this it. This is as deep as I get. Pretty <laughs> it helps because you got one of these cool mics. Yeah. <laughs> I do. This is literally also where I do all my voiceovers for my show. So. I used to do a podcast as well. I had a blast doing that. And my assistant was really also producing it. And through the pandemic and stuff, 
you know, she ended up going a different route. And so I, you know, y'all know it takes a lot of work to produce a podcast. It does. Mm -hmm. My advice for anyone that are like, how do you, what's the best way to start a podcast and stay on top of it? My, I always say, marry someone who will do that. (laughs) That's... I, I mean, y'all have like 10 podcasts. Yeah. Know, but, it's not quite 10, I, but yeah, I yeah. had one and um, really loved it. I was, that's why I got this in the first place. And then I started using it for um, my voiceovers and everything. So yeah, it works out. It works out great. It's a good mic. It, it is does. a good mic. It is a good mic. Yes. Well, well thank y'all so much. What a blast. I really, I'm, I'm not kidding you. Thank you. I love it. And y'all are just awesome. And I'm actually wearing my bike shorts now. <laughs> are you going to go hop, hop on the bike right now? Oh yeah. Absolutely. No, that's awesome. If we ever right. if we ever make it down there cuz I I would totally love to see Waco. I I I've told Tom I want to go down there. Yeah. I am a huge fan of the show of the original yeah. show Fixer Upper. Admittedly I've, oh. I have not watched Restoration, but I always that's loved right. the furniture you created. It was beautiful. Oh, thank you. So I and It's it, a great couple trip cuz I'm a fan of cults. <laughs> so it's the it's really it, we we offer you everything it down here. Checks a lot of boxes. <laughs> it really does. You, I mean, you got cults, you got magnolia, you got furniture, you got whiskey. If you like whiskey, there you, you go. Whiskey. Yeah, <laughs> boy, I mean, this, the CBB for Waco had to be so excited when that show became a hit, right? I mean, for real, like yeah. Like, oh, like, like without, fi- I mean, finally something be- besides David Koresh to associate <laughs> with our town. Yes, like that's. Yeah, that is thank a uh, sad but a, yeah, a thing very fast and we're moving on and it has totally totally changed the makeup and the opinions of Waco and and, the real and it really is a cool town. Yeah. It seems it, it, it does, does seem like yeah. it it yeah. does. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it's and uh, by the way also I'm sorry, I know we're trying to wrap up. <laughs> no, you're fine. There is a, co- a connection with John Foley and Waco. What? Okay, yeah. tell, tell, tell this. I don't know it. That's what I'm asking y'all. I thought y'all would know. You have to tell me. I'm I'm like almost positive. I keep Huh. You'll have to tell me that and okay. shoot me an email and let me know what you find. But I, I'm almost positive like he either lived here or around here at some point okay. in his life. I am I could be totally wrong on that, but I feel pretty sure that there is some connection there. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, if anyone can figure yeah. it out, it's this one. Yeah, I yeah. can. Let me do some digging. So if you get a random email, then it just says John Foley, you'll know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And if I'm wrong, just cut this out. Okay. okay. <laughs> She does that a lot for me. Yeah. All the stuff where I'm like, he wasn't in Greece, gone. <laughs> or if I'm mad at him, yes. stays. Yes. See? Yeah. All your funny stuff, she takes that out. Like, Sorry. I know people think I'm funny. They have no idea how really funny I actually am. Like, it, yeah, she's she cuts cutting it out all out. the best Good stuff. Good for you. Yeah. <laughs> Crystal, let's take power back. Oh my gosh, this has been so fun. Thank you so much for taking so much time to talk to us. Seriously, that's been really, I hope you have a great rest of your day and I wish you nothing but success with the show season two. And uh, we will be, we will be watching huge fan. So thank you. Thank you so much. (laughs) Same back to you guys. Thanks for having me. Thank you. You take care. Bye. 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 So I guess that brings this episode to a close. Uh, until next week, where can people find you? People can find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash Crystal D. O'Keefe. They can find me on Instagram, Twitter, or the Peloton leaderboard at Clip Out Crystal. And you can find me on Twitter at Roger Kubert or on Facebook at facebook.com slash Tom O'Keefe. You can find the show online, facebook.com slash The Clip Out. While you're there, like the page, join the group. And of course, don't forget our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash The Clip Out. So that's it for this one. Thanks for tuning in. And until next time, keep pedaling and running. 